Hello, and welcome to Scuttlebutt, the war movie review podcast. We're happy to have you with us as we take a look at films from the dawn of cinema to today. We aim to provide a raw and unapologetic review of each film's cinematography, historical accuracy, and delivery. In the process of analysis, certain details will be revealed. These spoilers are only divulged to ensure a fair assessment of each film. We head to the Congo this week with Richie Smythe's 2016 Congolese Civil War epic, The Siege of Jadidville. As always, I'm joined by Mike A. Hello. Mike B. Yep. Nate. Brent is the best sniper ever. <laughs> and this week's special guest, Chris, a data scientist at the Space Force. Thanks for joining hey. us, dude. Thank you. Welcome. Happy to be here. So, uh, how did they use the Space Force in this operation in 1961? <laughs> uh, if I were to tell you, we'd have to nuke your area. Sorry. Fuck. <laughs> well, I mean, you Oops. know. It's been pretty hot recently, so I'd be okay with that. True. <laughs> but, but thanks for joining us, dude. And Thank you. Uh, yeah, this is a interesting movie. So, who wants to start? Well, who, who first of all, who has seen this before and who has not? So, I who has seen not. this? No, I've seen it. Okay, so us three, and then Chris and Mike A have not seen it before. No, I've I have not seen it plenty of times. Oh, you have. Yeah, Michael's right. We're raising now. our hand. Oh, okay. So, who has not seen this? Let's just do that. So Mike A, and then the rest of us have all seen it. Okay, that's, that's I probably what you that should up. have asked. Of course, of course. <laughs> you can leave cut it that to out. me to fuck something easy, simple up. No, I'm gonna leave that in. He needs to. Oh, <laughs> he needs oh, to no, learn. Definitely leave it in. Definitely leave it in. Put I one foot in yeah. front of the other. Don't. We're not going there. <laughs> we're not doing that. Um. Uh. But Mike A. Yes. So you're the only one that hasn't seen this. Mm-hmm. Cool. I have not seen it in a few years, and then now that I have a different perspective on like filmmaking and like kind of like behind the scenes shit, it was a different film, even though it was the same film that I watched. Nate, what about you? Just for that aspect, like what do you yeah. have you, you so you've seen it before, and then yeah, I remember when it came out, and um, I thoroughly enjoyed it when it came out. Um, other than the, 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 the and I'll, I'll make it very quick that that whole Bren scene, yeah, it's. It's, it feels ridiculous, but I do understand the, the tact of what it like. Sure, I understand the point that. of it. Yeah. It's just the way it was filmed, I think, makes it cheesy for me. So that's why I laugh at it. But no, I mean, like, that's the only part of that film that really stands out as kind of like, oh, okay. But okay. no, for the most part, the film holds up pretty well. Right, right. The Brent thing happened. That actually did happen in the actual siege. Yeah. But the, the way he's talking about the way it was shot, and I will get to that. Oh, yeah. No, I know. It seems we'll it, it seems odd and out there, but it actually did happen like that, or yep. it, it did happen at least. But um, yep. yeah, so no, I, I could I could totally understand mm-hmm. the reason. Like like it makes sense, you know. It's, yeah, it's and an so Brian, you know, what were your what were your first thoughts of from you've seen it before to now? Like your I've was seen, there anything that changed or yeah? I've seen this movie twice now, and Same. the first time I saw it, I really liked it to the point where I'll grab it in a minute. I made a replica helmet. From the film, actually, for the real Irish guys that were at um, in the Cong- in the Congo, they had mm-hmm. Mark One helmets that were blue, and they also had Turtle Four helmets that had UN on the front, because um, the Irish were there for a very long period of time. But I liked it a lot the first time I saw it. I even talked to friends about possibly like getting a, uh, an Irish impression together for this, and it was like yeah, petered out, whatever. And then I saw it again, and it doesn't hold up at all, and it's a much different movie, and I was kind of disappointed, um, to be totally honest. So, 
Is that because you've learned more about it or like a historical or are you talking about movies? I knew the same bit about historically. It was just okay. filmography is a lot different. Like yep. the way it's shot that, and everything. Same with, same with me. Like, yeah. so we'll I mean, talk about that it, it just turns into like the American Civil War mm-hmm. in the middle of Africa. And it's just like, I don't know. But I was, I was a bit disappointed. But the uniforms and the gear and all that stuff is amazing. It's really well done. Even the jets correct and like they, that was that aspect of it was really good, but it's just the filmography. The, sorry, the, cinema, the cinematography that really lets it down for me. And it's like, really, you get all this cool shit, and then you fucking you know playing in a sandbox. So, um, yeah, I uh, in terms of okay, someone who just just saw this just today saw this. Um, it uh, it was I don't know. It's kind of becoming like formulaic now. I was like, okay, this kind of reminds me of like 1898. That movie we watched. Uh, it's yep. kind of like Joy Joy Noel. Uh, it's kind of like um, you know some of the other films that we've seen where it's like it's it's about a very specific real life thing, um, and we're gonna build a movie around that kind of. And uh, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I thought it was all right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I. There were some things in it that were kind of questionable. I mean, like I could, I saw where it was going. I mean, I, I didn't look up, you know, the the facts or anything like that. But I was like, okay, I'm, I'm guessing this is going to be a surrender movie. You know, it's just gonna it's gonna be about the tenacity of like, you know, the fact that they kept fighting, uh, kind of like you know the 1898 movie and uh, some of the other things we've seen. And um, but uh, there were some things in it that were, but there were like really little minor things. I'm like, what? Like, there's a yeah. Wilhelm scream in it. I'm like, I heard that. What yeah. the fuck? Uh, yep. Like, what year is this? 1985. Like, what is going on? <laughs> you know, like, and it's a random dude on the side. Right. Like, and I'm like, like, okay, this movie yeah. is like really fucking serious. And then you have that. Like, what's wrong with you? And then there was a couple stock sound effects that I heard. Um, oh so, yeah, definitely me too. We'll, right, we'll talk about yeah. all that shit. But like, yeah, it's. It's that's what it is. So, Chris, why don't you uh, give your initial thoughts really quick? So, I don't have obviously the uh, cinematography background that you guys have. So, I liked it. Um, I do think the Bren scene where they're trying to shoot down the jet is just kind of like odd. But then you like read the history behind it and like they're using it, and you're like, hmm, right? Is that the one? Was that a Bren? No, that, that's not, that's not a Bren. Vickers, that's what it is. Vickers, yeah. Talking about the sniper scene, yeah. Oh, where they picked yeah. off the fucking. The Colonel Sanders knockoff. <laughs> the Colonel, yes, that guy. Yes. Okay. He, yes. he he was supposed to be like the Colonel Kurtz knockoff. Like if you if you want to go like yeah. African history, but I love that. Yes, he the Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders in Africa. Yeah. 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 <laughs> fucking the, the the search for more chicken or fucking whatever. Well, there was a sign <laughs> at the end of the film where they have uh, Poussin fritters, like fish fritters. Maybe yeah. That's what he. That was his game, you know. <laughs> it's like Not fried anymore. fish, motherfucker. Yeah. Right. You know. So yeah, I got, go, go I got ahead, Chris. three or three reasons why he's not breathing. So uh, I don't have a like weapons background like Mike does, so like I'm gonna probably say all the shit wrong. Uh, so I liked it. Um, it's, it's totally fine. I understand the plight I think of the soldiers and like the bullshit that they're having to go through, and I think that's probably why I resonated more with it because oftentimes it's you and all of your buddies are trying to do something that you think is noble, but the people above you that are politically aligned or all of that shit. Like once you start getting to like, uh, general officers and that stuff, and you have more political aspirations than actually doing what's well for your people. And you can just see how they're getting fucked over and over and over. And same thing with like, um, Mogadishu in 90 in the nineties, right? 
They had asked for, like, 93, right? Like, the colonel on the ground asked for light armor because they knew it was going to be a shithole. And then Washington's like, nah, dude, like, that's going to be too high profile. Yeah, what the fuck are we doing? Like, it's going to be high profile. Give us what we need. Or, like, the restrictions (laughs) that Congress and everything put on uh, the United States Air Force when we were doing, like, um, bombings in Vietnam, right? There was only certain... All of our legitimate targets that are technically legitimate by Geneva Convention standards, a small, small subset they allowed us to do. And it's just like, well, fucking A. Like, yes, let's great. Let's fight a war with both our hands behind our back and fucking eye and, and blind. Like, it doesn't make sense. Politics needs to be out of whatever kind of military operations you're trying to do. And it frustrated me to see them get fucked over. And, like, knowing that in the end no one died kind of, like, is like, I don't know how the fuck they did that. The people, like the leadership on the ground fucking knew exactly what to do and how to get it uh, done. And I don't know. Kind of the same as like when our vets were coming back from Vietnam and like everybody here, all the boomers were fucking like spitting on them and all that kind of shit. And then, you know, the same treatment they had, right? Called cowards and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, you have no idea what the fuck they went through, you know? And it's just looking back. I mean, obviously history is 2020, but boils my blood a little bit uh, seeing that kind of shit happen. So. Yeah. So you got you got a good emotional reaction out of the uh, entire film. Uh yeah, I think so because of like my hit my military background, right? Being Air Force, Space Force, and that kind of stuff. I mean, like not Army, not having to do any of that kind of stuff. I scored high enough on my ASVAB to uh, have a choice, and I chose, <laughs> okay, fuck. Stick. And I chose air conditioning. Uh, but <laughs> but like I, I I can I can resonate with them, right? Like of the shit that they have to go through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and you, because you, you know how the politics game is played, and you're, you know how the like the, the upper management, you know, mixing with politics is like, that's exactly what they showed, I think, in this. Oh, hundred percent. Like, it's like, like you, you guys are not there on the ground. You guys don't know what the fuck is going. You guys have never been there, and you think you know, and you're not going to help them. Yeah, it was very. It's uh, that's a good point because it's very frustrating for me to watch too because I'm just like. I think yeah, my, so. my one why I get through with the military stuff is because I have, like, a specific specialty in data science. Um, and so I'm completely okay with being promoted to civilian. So I just tell people how I feel. I'm like, yeah, that's dumb, and, like, we shouldn't be doing that. Stop using pie charts, you fucking, like, no. And if a colonel wants to go, well, we're going to take you off orders. I'm like, cool. Like, good luck finding someone else to do what you need them to do because I'm cool with being a civilian and there's off. not a lot of people like that in militaries around the world. And obviously there wasn't that. Cause that general, I forgot his name. Um, Brian, do you remember his name? The guy no, in this film, something, Irish. But, but, the, but the general that he was talking to, cause I'm pretty sure he was a major, might've been a Lieutenant Colonel. Sorry, Irish defense forces guys. So yeah, that, 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 that's a good point. So yeah, it's, it's really, it's really a fucked up film, but yeah. Anybody else? Um, as Nate said his uh, his thoughts? Well, no, uh, we, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, we did kind of a rapid-fire initial Chris, thoughts, I think. I have something wanna... totally off-topic, but Chris reminded me for some reason when he had mentioned like, tying guys' hands in Vietnam. I had a relative of mine who was a Navy pilot in the early 60s. He got out in, like, 64. And this is really random, but we were at dinner once, and he was just like, oh, so you want to know how we used to seed the rivers with fucking when we couldn't in Vietnam? And I was, like, 10. And I'm like, what? Oh, what you do is, and like he like went into talking about how they would like drop magnetic mines like into the the channels in North Vietnam that would like go to Hanoi or whatever, and like yeah, and then the fucking barge would go over and they blow up, and nobody would know because you do it a certain way. And I'm like, 
oh, so thanks for telling me this. But long story short, it's like, you know, even though they do have these things that are put in place, a lot of times the guys on the ground do get around it. And in a way, you do that a little bit in this film. You know, it's a, like, hold. And you're like, well, we have to follow orders, so we're going to do that to a T, like whatever we can. Um, there's always, like, a workaround in a way. Malicious compliance. Yeah. But uh, random, but I don't know. I thought about that. <laughs> Fucking crazy relatives. The only thing I was going to say was the the major's, uh, his name's Bruce Bolton. Might be. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. the guy. No, he's, he's, he's a major. He's a major, right? So I was I know. Yeah, his name's Major Bruce Bolton. I wonder if Bruce Bolton from fucking Game of Thrones is named after that's, him. That's, no, no, that's my joke. It's, that's, I don't know his name. It's just Fuck you, Bolton. Nate. <laughs> Fuck you, everything you stand for in your goddamn shit Nailed beard. You both. Fuck you your shit beer. I got, I got, I got your joke immediately, Nate. It's okay. Yeah, no, thank you. I saw Mike A get it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I half got it. And I'm like, are you fucking with me? You could be serious, but I know that name from Game of Thrones because yeah, it's that actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who the historical guy is. I'm, I'm but it actually is him. Yeah. So that's. Yeah, it's it's the yep. actor who plays him. Yeah. Um. No, I mean, like, I'll, I'll launch into my my quick little thing. I mean, yeah. what I kind of want to talk about. I mean, I, I do agree with Brian's statement of. It, it, it kind of uh, rewatching it, although I do still like it and I do still enjoy it, it I do see its budgetary issues and the way it was filmed. Um, it does have that kind of, um, like what you said, Mikey, that kind of Joe X Noel. Uh, I'm doing it on purpose. You're welcome. Yes, and uh, and and uh, you know, 1898 kind of vibe where it's that kind of lower budget, but. I don't know what it is. It's like that cinematography kind of has those problems where it just, you can kind of see yeah. where kind of like the budget is set. Um, that being said though, you know, it is very impressive to see, you know, all the weaponry in it, all the, even the, the jets, even if they're CG or not, they're really well done in that it's sense. It's also FAL porn. Yes. Yes. FAL porn and all that kind of stuff. But the, the thing is, I'm going to say, then I'll, I'll end it real quick is that, when it's CG and very blatant CG, you can tell. Oh, yeah. Uh, I will say that I did enjoy all the practical effects, all that kind of stuff. Even if it was blowing up sandcastles, it's, you know, it's, it's, it, it was still fun to watch and enjoy. But I can see where its faults are. And I think that comes down to a, a, a budgetary issue. And I'm going to, I'm going to look, uh, I'll let Brian go right after this, but I, 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 I'm going to look up the budget. I'm going to look up the company, see if there's a connection between that right now. Cause I was thinking about that as Brian said that, um, but those are my only kind of grice of the film. I mean, I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed, even though it was predictable, I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the guns and I enjoyed, you know, some of the stuff, but the God, that, that mortar kill with the trucks that, that does still bother me. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're we're going to talk about that a was, lot that of that pretty good. shit. Yeah. Brian, go ahead. So, yeah. Uh, one thing I will touch on before we get any deeper is the history behind this and everything. And it's actually very interesting. And it's something I actually didn't like about the film. Um, so after Second World War, you know, empires have basically ended and they're crumbling and all around the world decolonization occurs. In Africa, you know, it takes a few years to heat up. But by the late 50s, early 60s, it's really revolutions are working their way down from the north part of the country. And it starts in the mid-50s, like the Suez Crisis in 56, and it really ends uh, in the 90s when you have the end of the apartheid government in South Africa. So it's literally 40 years of a slow-burn revolution in Africa throughout all these countries. And the Congo was one of the very early big flashpoints. 
is all this crazy shit that happened, you know? A lot of mercenaries that ended up, a lot of soldiers that ended up at the end of the Second World War without a job and didn't want to go back to their countries ended up joining the French Foreign Legion or other things and ending up going to other wars across the world. Indochina, there was a lot of foreign soldiers, Germans and Russians, and a lot of guys, again, that couldn't go home. A lot of those guys after Indochina didn't know where to go, so they went to Algeria. They went all over the world. And so in the early 60s, late 50s, you have this crazy amount of like skilled combat mercenary guys from conflicts all over the world, you know, uh, that are in Africa and they're guns for hire. And it was a lot of Belgians, a lot of Rhodesians, and a lot of uh, French, I believe, that were at this one. But um, so, yeah, by the late 50s, early 60s, Congo starts to heat up. And Katanga is the most southern province of Congo, of the Congo, or the Republic of Congo, I should say. No, it was and, the Congo at that point. It wasn't okay. the Republic of the Congo. Belgi yep. Yeah, it was the Belgian Congo, you know, and, and Belgium, yep. obviously, King Leopold yep. fucking really did his sway. And, and this is the part of Africa where the heart of darkness comes out of. Um, so, good to note. But anyway, um, yeah, they basically end up with a war of resources. And there wasn't this fucking, like national conspiracy yes katanga is rich in resources but nobody gave a fuck about it like i really hated in the movie how there's like oh it's a proxy war no it wasn't not by any fucking means it was a place that had good resources that were it was undeveloped it's not you it's, they're like trying to make it angola or vietnam or right. korea it's like no 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 and that the reason for that i believe is because again you have to conceptualize these films it's a film about irish soldiers in combat and there's probably this many times that Irish soldiers have been in combat in the last 150 years, or, or sorry, I should say since the inception of Ireland in, you know, 1923. So you have this, uh, this strange way of them trying to build up this to fall into a Cold War series of events, but it's really not true, you know? And the Irish, since they've been part of the UN, have a tradition of doing peacekeeping operations all throughout the world. Most recently, for the last, I think, 15 years, they've been doing a lot in Lebanon. And I have a friend who is an Irish national who lives in the States and his brother's in the army and he's done three or four tours in Lebanon. So Irish peacekeeping is a very common thing. Um, but yeah, so the whole Katanga thing, it really led into this, you know, breakaway province. And the Belgians were the ones that actually asked the UN to arrive because there was all these Belgian citizens that lived in this old Belgian colony, you know, the Congo, that were afraid for their lives because of the slow burn revolution that was occurring. So that's why they brought the UN there. And there were multiple different forces of the UN. There were uh, Swedes, there were Indians, there were Irish, and they all would trade off in different, um, you know, uh, tours, I believe. It was a year tour and everything. Um, so leading up to Jadotville, the year before, you have a crazy, incredible fighting. Whereas a town, I think 10 or 15 miles north of it, they had a huge siege. And like, the, there's a, some great photos of uh, Swedes and Irish guys setting up Vickers guns on overpasses and shooting the shit out of mercenaries. Um, but yeah, so that's what slowly led into this siege basically. And the way it happened and they kind of like talk about it in the movie, but not really was that they had this operation that they went on to attack the mercenaries in Katanga and they didn't tell these guys in Jadaville was happening and the mercenaries in the area around Jadaville, cause they were a hundred cl clicks South of the actual main base at Ellington or Ellingsworth, wherever it was. And um, they were like, well, let's take a hundred, let's take a company of Irish guys fucking as POWs for collateral so that we can get good negotiation terms. And that literally was the whole reason this happened. It wasn't because, oh, the commies are coming. Oh, no, fuck that shit. You're trying to make this small event fit into a bigger picture that doesn't exist. It was just a civil war 
where the UN was called in to be there. And it was part of a 40 years experience of just revolutions in Africa. And after this, it just spread south. And people all know about Rhodesia and the Bush Wars, especially in the States today, um, <laughs> yeah. which, is ha which kicked off three, year three years after this with the UDI. But um, that's really the, the actual history behind it. And it's fascinating. I mean, there's a very good documentary made in the 60s, and then I'll let you talk, Michael, called Africa Adio. And it's basically these Italian filmmakers that talk, that show and document the decolonization of Africa in all these different countries as it was happening. It's fucking fascinating. It's amazing. And it just really shows the times and what was happening. And there is a point where they do follow mercenaries in the Congo, and it's fucking insane. Like you have the basically World War II mercenary guys that are just doing crazy shit, firing 30 cows from their hips, like shooting up villages and stuff. And a lot of that, I think they copied in this because toward the end in the battles, you see crazy shit going on that you actually see in that documentary. Um, but one crazy part about it, and just kind of just shows Africa, is they're Italian filmmakers. And they're in Kenya, I believe. And they were just a revolution and they were killing any whites they could find. And they, these guys are in a car and this big mob comes out and they're like, fucking, we're going to kill you, you fucking whites. And like, no, 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 we're not, we're not British, we're Italian. And like they show in their passports and they go, oh, they're not white, they're Italian. And the crowd runs on. <laughs> so like, you know, it just the crazy times of the 60s and 70s you know, in Africa. Movie. Dude, yeah. Dude, anybody listening to this, if you haven't seen it, watch Africa Adio. It's on YouTube last I, last I saw it. And it's, it's a bunch of places on the internet. It's fascinating. It's 90 minutes that you cannot stop watching. And it's just Africa burning in the middle of this conflict. Um, but that's the real history behind it leading up to the siege. So, well, I think that's really interesting because as someone who knows zip about this, um, I was, uh, when I was watching the movie, I just immediately got this note. I'm like, this is, this seems the way this is written, the way this is all playing out. It seems like this is, they're making it seem more important than it probably was. <laughs> you know, just, I'm just the vibe I'm getting from it as I'm watching it. And, um, and uh, a lot of movies do that. A lot of movies do that about historical things where they really try to elevate it to make it seem like, you know, the end of the world was going to happen if this was, you know, wasn't done in this way. You know the kind of war movies I'm talking about? The ones where it begins with text explaining the fucking shit because no one knows about it. And then it ends with some kind of thing saying the blah, 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 did blah, blah, blah. And still to this day, people such and such and such and such. And um, that was this kind of movie. You know, but when you say that, Brian, I'm like, I am not a bit surprised because it seemed like it was. I mean, why? Just make a movie about it. You know, just make a movie about it and find the story within it. You don't have to make it seem like this, you know, history changing event. You know, find the story within the event, and and tell that story. Yeah, it's like they're just trying to to make this perfect puzzle piece that fits into this bigger picture, and it's like. Maybe you, as a as an island nation, should celebrate your neutrality and the fact that you do these amazing peacekeeping operations, and your countrymen die for people that don't even know them. Mm -hmm. For you know, like that's we'll give a shit. There's a story yeah, right there. Know? Like yeah. that's that opinion is, is is better. And before I forget, because I will forget. So it's funny. The Irish, you know, they're a small country, and they they didn't have a lot at the time, especially in the late '50s, early '60s. And this is you know, well, that's a no story. But so they arrived in the Congo with. Leanne Fields and Wolves. And very quickly, they had horrible problems with guys getting heat exhaustion and them getting overpowered in, in fights with, you know, the terrorists. 
So the first thing he did was they got PT gear that was all HPT. So like, get rid of these wool fucking uniforms. And they do have those in the movie, which is cool, when they're in Ireland. Yep. But that was a literal uniform they showed up to in fucking the Congo with. Like, yeah, that's, that's good, gonna work really stuff. well. Yeah, you know, shows how unprepared these guys were. And when they started, it also shows how big of pussies they were because their ancestors fought in wool in <laughs> South Africa during the Zulu Wars. Did you hear about that? They were okay. What's your excuse? At at the gunpoint of a cogni asshole. But anyway, or cogni. Yeah. But what do you call it? Um, So they get there, and and so they fix the the uniform problem. They go, okay, that's that. But then they have to fix the gun problem. And at the time, late 50s, early 60s, everybody has a battle rifle. So what's the battle rifle you buy? You get an FNFAL. Well, they had an offer to get L1A1s from the UK that were just being made. But... The Irish government would not give the English any money. So they went out of their way to buy FNFALs from the Swedes just for the contingent of troops that were in Northern Ireland. Or sorry, they were in Congo. Yeah. They went through the Swedes in some way. I don't know. But because they yeah. were using Belgian FALs. Yeah. They were straight like, Belgian FALs that they had yep. in country. But they literally they went out of their way to not pay the British for their L one A ones. Okay, so, so that, that explains that explains a huge thing that I was asking. So. That's why they have metric pattern FALs, and okay. that's totally correct for this time. A year earlier, they all had landfields, but at this time, at the, the mm-hmm. time of the siege, they had Swedish Ks, as we saw, and yep. the FNFALs. And the Swedish K was used by most of the other UN forces there. You see a lot of them in Swedes. So the Swedes used had by really U.S. Cool... forces in Vietnam. So yeah, yeah some, some and the Smith and Wesson seventy six later on. But uh, yeah. you see some of the Swedes, they have really cool UN markings. It's like ONC or whatever. And a bunch of those guys have like the globe and like Swedish Ks. And it's really, really a cool look. But um, so, yeah, the, the FAL was the primary weapon for this. And it's just funny how they literally went around the Brits. They're like, no, we don't. Fuck you, Enfield. <laughs> We're going to Belgium. Well, so. so one of my really good friends is, is Irish. So we actually talk about like the troubles and all that stuff and like how fucking just how shitty England has just been to the Irish for like the last, you know, hundred or thousand years. And they will, like they had a point in time where they could have gotten Northern Ireland back. And the only thing they had to do was fight in world war two on the side of the allies. Right. But they were, they just hate the British so fucking much. They're like, no, we don't even want our people to be fighting with you because of how shitty you guys have been to us. And I'm like, I completely understand. That is a level of petty I probably will never get to experience in my life, but it completely makes sense from what's happened to them. Yeah, I mean, you know, so 16 years after the Civil War, 1939, it's like, fuck that shit. Europeans are going to go fucking murder each other. The funniest thing is, and there's actually a really good short film about this, is uh, the Irish locked up everybody that flew over their country that they shot down. And uh, so the, the Germans, Americans, Brits, they put in the same POW camps. So this is one <laughs> funny movie where the, the Spitfire is chasing a 109. They shoot each other down and the guys end up in the same POW camp together. Uh, the Swedes did the same or the Swiss did the same thing during the war. Um, but, yeah, the Irish were just like, you're all fucking criminals. You're, you're all on our territory. And just one random funny thing. It was so bad at points where they had points on the east coast of Ireland where they wrote ire in big white letters so that they knew, okay, this isn't the UK. This is another island that is not at war. So you got to go to this one. And they're actually restoring some of those. Crazy story. Um, I just kind of want to go back to like the, the story, the overall story of the movie. And so, and cause we're talking mm-hmm. about Irish history now and things like that. And um, um, at the very end of this movie, um, it says in the the text like uh, the when they returned to Ireland they were looked at as cowards or something, 
and uh, you know they weren't uh, honored at all. They weren't seen as heroes. And the guy even says, you know, oh, we're this is gonna we're not gonna talk about this and all that sort of thing. I don't know how true that is, um, but uh, that right there, I was like, when when that came up on the screen, I was like, that's a story right there. Like, why wasn't why couldn't this be about how these guys went through this shit and then came back and it was like you, you get the shit thrown in your face. Um, yeah, it's all, it's only an hour and forty nine minute long movie. Well, I cut guess. it in half and have it and have have it be half of the battle and then half of that. Like that. Hell, you could do a, you could do a half an hour and just yeah. Well, out of yeah, you. I'm just saying that like in terms of a it's, bureau, it's bureaucracy, right? I mean, it just yeah. in terms of a story and in terms of like actually doing something right. with Irish history that seems more interesting, more impactful than just hey, aren't these guys brave for what they did? You know. Well, it's kind of like. Dun- Go ahead, Nate. Well, no, I just want to interject real quick. Um, yep. I've been trying this whole entire time to find a budget, and five minutes in, I realized it's a fucking Netflix movie, mm-hmm. and they don't release those details. Oh, okay. So I, I've been trying to find, like, circumnavigate ways of searching the production company that was parented with it and all that, trying to come up with seeing what their recent movies were. It's, it's, we don't fucking know. Unfortunately, I can't figure that out. So, And I know Brian had his hand up, so. Uh, I totally forgot what I was going to say. You're welcome. Mike B, go. Um, No, I was just going to say, even Dunkirk did that, Mm. where they showed just kind of how, like, those guys who have been through the ringer were, like, treated as pieces of shit when they got back because, well, you got defeated. So, yeah, it would have been cool to have a couple minutes at least of, like, explaining that without having to have just text at the end. Yeah. Ryan. It kind of helps to uh, build the empathy with the well, us, right? Like to show what mm-hmm. they actually went through, because like then you actually like get more bought into the story. Yeah, because you're like, yeah. ah, yep, okay. And it now relates to, and it relates to like Irish history, Irish culture. Like we would see more of their world, you know. So uh, sorry, Brian, yeah. go ahead. No worries. Um, so. Oh, I'm forgetting it again, motherfucker. <laughs> did you forget it for a second time? Dude, you're pulling a me, Brian. Did. You're pulling a yeah. me. God, it's you're gonna, like. A, it's been, been like a, a fucking week. goldfish. Uh, yeah, you're pulling know, a me right? though. Oh yeah, so <laughs> there he um, goes. <laughs> they got they surrendered at the end because they had to. They had no other options. And, oh you know, no, they up, like yeah. They ended up, you know, in a, a prisoner. Whatever they they were they were taken for a month as prisoners, and they were, you know, their very 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 lenient UN peace treaty was given towards the Katanganese uh, forces or whatever, and they were let go. But what I found interesting, so after a month in captivity. They were back in their own lines for a week, and they don't really talk about how bad the captivity. It, it, it seemed just like you know, regular prison. It wasn't like they were like in a Japanese prison or something. They brushed you know? over it in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Even, yeah. even when you read about it, though, they don't really talk about it. It, it seemed just like a like an internment. It wasn't you know, they didn't like rough them up on purpose, whatever. Um, but they get back to UN lines, and a week later, they're they're thrust back into combat. The whole fucking A company. So, like, not only do they go through this whole experience and they live through the prison and everything, well, then they go back into combat. So, I, my, you know, idea of, like, a good arc would be, like, you know, starting it with, like, this crazy thing. Oh, wow, we go to prison. And then at the end, it's just like, okay, come on, guys. Drop your cocks, grab your socks. We're going back into it. It's like, fuck. You're still in country. They haven't gone home yet. And they're fighting again in another fucking battle. It's, you know, five weeks after all that shit happened. So... There, yeah, it's a it's a thing where again I don't know the real history necessarily about all this, but uh, it seemed as me as like you could have done a little bit something just just me as a storyteller like something maybe a little bit more interesting, you know. But uh, I, I'm not again that's just just me personally like the way the film was done as it was done uh, was not terrible at all. Um, 
there were some things in it that were very very well done. I thought I really like how uh, the um, the French the French uh, uh, like legionnaire mercenary guy. I like that whole thing where he has kind of this rapport with the uh, Irish commandant. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Um, someone else talk. <laughs> Everyone's just I, staring at me. I will, Chris, I will, go for I, it. Well, Chris, Chris, Chris is going to say yeah, something. Go for it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I kind of find it interesting because you guys guys all t- kind of talk about like how like the direction of the movie from like a cinematography aspect where um, they're trying to play it up more than it is. And I, I find, like, maybe, like, right, very well could be. But the way I'm looking at it, maybe it's from, like, a more political lens, is that all of the people above the boots on the ground actually fucking believe that. Like, if we don't do this, World World War Three is going to blow up and every, all of this stuff. And so I think it's kind of an interesting, like, way I'm looking at it versus, like, you guys that have been through all of that. Um, and so I find that interesting. I think that's kind of, like, one of the big things that kind of yeah. taken away so far. And like, yeah, yeah, we all bring a different you know viewpoint to uh, to these conversations, and it's just interesting um, to see who they are. You know, it's like uh, me personally, I'm just kind of sick of the whole like kind of movie where it's like we get the the text in the beginning and then the text in the end, and it kind of and I know there's there's very limited ways to tell people about certain events. Just go ahead, Nate. The only oh, <laughs> sorry, go ahead, Brian. The only one that I like where there's text at the end mm-hmm. is Animal House. Because <laughs> it's all made up, you know. He, he would become a senator in 1968. Yeah, yeah. Fragged by his troops in Vietnam. I, I particularly <laughs> like married 1962, divorced 1960, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah right. Like 1962. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's the only movie I like with credits at the end. Nathaniel, fuck you. Um, the the thing is that I that, <laughs> it's not my name, but I'll answer to it anyway. Uh, the, the thing that I think is really interesting though, overall about the movie, like I, I, I kind of, I hear what I, I definitely see what Chris is saying and I do agree with that. I think a lot of the things that I look at because of me being, you know, an editor and stuff like that is that I look at the way things are delivered. And unfortunately we have, I have 32 years of knowledge of watching every shitty fucking good movie bad movie medium movie ever and you draw what you like and what you don't like and i think a lot of the presentation and the aspects of that i think this this might chime into kind of like the 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 cheaper budget feel to it is that i i I feel like the cinematographer and or the director i mean like i don't think they like cheaped out it just it felt like almost like there was no not saying you need like an artillery shell going over everyone like in danger close. I don't mean that, but like it just felt very, the the presentation of it just felt either cliche or felt very kind of lower budget. And like the, like, for example, I think something that I said before, which was like the Bren gun scene, like Mm. I, I understand the way they did it. I, and, and, you know, I knew it was real, but Brian also confirmed it. And so I do appreciate that actually being in the story. Like as a story plot, I find it, even though it's so minor it is, I find it very intriguing because it opens up conversation of something you don't normally see in a movie, which is bring up the LMG and take a long shot. Cause what's the normal trope? Bring in the sniper and the sniper takes right. it out. Yeah. You know, like, so I appreciate that. But I think what I don't like about it is the way it was edited and done. Like, is at the shot, show the guy, show the sight, show the thing, pan zoom on the side of the Bren, 
you know, like that kind of shit. And I think that's what irks me about the most about this movie. It's like that kind of cliche presentation about it. But the concept of the whole scene, like totally, I, I like it. Like I enjoy it. But I think it's that delivery process that I, I tend to look at this movie and go, okay, I like this, but it's it's in its own kind of realm of quality, I think. Uh, Mike B had his hand up first, and we'll go yep. Chris. So this will explain it a little bit more, Chris. Like the scene that he's talking about and the scene that you actually just kind of a little bit fucked up is the Bren scene, the, the one shot, which, yes, that could very easily have been taking place. It's very easy. The LMG's got a nice long barrel on it. The machine gun is good if you know it. But you said, zoom down the sights, the side sights. It wasn't that. Unless we watched the same, we watched the same film, right? They made it look like a scope. No, they, no, they, they, made, it look, no, they made it look like the peep sight. Okay, because the, the one swear. that I watched. I, I'll pull on, it up on, for you if yeah. you want. Dude, I, I watched it on Netflix. Site. I you watched it on Netflix site? too. It's a, it's a peep site. Oh my god! I'll show you. I'll it pull was it up right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Show yeah. yeah I'll keep talking. I mean, but I'll. I'll but yeah, I'll, it's so. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that is one thing I had a problem with, and like, because the the the, I, I swear to Christ, I'm not crazy. I know every crazy person says that, but like, with this, I'm pretty sure it zoomed out or not zoomed out, but like zoomed in. As like a scope, there's no reticle, there's no there's no crosshairs or anything. It's just the uh, scope itself looking through that. Colonel Sanders, no. <laughs> Colonel uh, Sanders, that's gonna be a great fucking it. term for that guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how I hundred percent why. Go on a battlefield yeah. in a bright white suit. Yeah, that's a good idea. Well, yeah, because so, like on Netflix, the one that I watched today was literally through a scope, like a, a clean scope. When they when they were like going in for the shot, it's just. You got something? Sorry, no, I just wanted to say, so explain why exactly this was done. Is it because the Bren has a longer range of fire? No, it's just that you can, um, with the light machine gun or any machine gun, you can actually, you can pull a shot off longer, better, because it's it's less um, recoil. You're not going to anticipate that. They had a sniper. We'll talk about that in a second. That's a great fucking segue. All right, so (laughs) he's right. Chris is right. It's Colonel Sanders. (laughs) It literally is. Walk out on the battlefield in a white suit. Okay, so he puts the one round in. Yep, yep. Should be the ghost ring sight. Yep. See, peep. There. Scope. That's the no. Oh, that's yes. not. A scope. But where's the front sight? Where's the front sight, that, Nathan? Because that would take I, the the. Sight I'm that... not directing this movie. It's, <laughs> it's did not you me. see why I thought that was a scope? Right. They took it. They didn't show that because it would have obscured the image. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Okay. So, but I was trying to show right. like I was it's trying right. to show that you're just looking through this, but there's no front. So yeah. But but there is a front. No, I. It's right. Fucking. Why are you arguing yes. with me? I'm just telling you what I fucking see. But you just saw the front sight post. But yes, I get. I'm what not you're falling saying. into the. I'm not falling to the 43 fucking fucking front end again. No. 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 It, it's fine. Okay. So again, that's why I thought it was a scope. Okay. So he's looking through the fucking ghost ring in the back. Okay, that's fine. Where the fuck is the front sight? Yes, he doesn't want they don't they don't want to as filmmakers obscure yeah. the target. Okay. Now we've got a, a clear understanding. I was half wrong. I, I but it still looks like a fucking scope. I would bet you that when See they see that? I would bet you that they actually shot they filmed it at first with the front sight, but they were like, we can't fucking see the the what guy in the suit. Yeah, so you just superimpose on after effects. Yeah. Yeah. Right, of course. And so that makes total sense. But now that I got 
because I, I literally thought that was a scope. I'm like, why the fuck are you showing that? Like, because again, if they had the front side, I'd be like, oh, nice, nice fucking lineup. Yeah. So, okay. Argument settled. I was half wrong, half right. Okay. I, I was just, I thought it was interesting. Can we settle for that? Can we settle for that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I thought it was in, because, okay, because my whole thing was, because he has his rifle, his, his, uh, scope rifle right there and he's like oh i'm gonna put that down i'm gonna use the machine gun instead i'm like is it just because it has a longer range like what why did he no do it, it, they have the same range okay. um but like and they have the same ethic eff- oh my god fun word efficacy um at that distance but um i think it's i think it's more like if he were to miss the guy would run and hide and the point is is that you want to get the shot in one shot so he doesn't react like what no also to react if you ever use optics about. Optics are very, like, very, especially when you're in com. I, I'm not saying from experience, but, like, just practically, if you ever use optics at that distance, they're very shaky. So if you've got a, a light machine gun, that's why I took the mag out. He could have just left the magazine in there. But it, it reduces weight, and it kind of gives him more control over it. And that's why he loaded the one round, and he's like, okay, I can do this with iron sights. Okay, interesting. Same distance, same distance of, like, the, uh, the barrels, the same distance, or same length, rather. Um, same, I'm pretty sure the same twist rate. Don't quote me on that. And then, um, he was just like, yeah. And it's an open bolt weapon. So like, yeah, I'll squeeze the fucking trigger. Once that bolt goes forward, that shots off and it's a lot heavier, less recoil, less flinch. Cause I don't care how good of a fucking sniper you are. You're going to anticipate the flinch. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. And so, yeah. So it's interesting looking to this a little bit on the internet and how everybody's fighting each other. People are just, some people are just like, it's, it's creative license and other people are like, well, uh, Lee Enfield number four T can't go out to pass 600 yards for the scope. <laughs> what? Yeah. Everybody. Who said it, that? Uh, some comment I was reading, but it's interesting. The internet oh, is an uproar common, about yeah. it, but uh, I'll have to find the reference where I've, I I've heard from a few people that it did happen and it's in the book. There's a good book from 2005, so I'll have to get it and, a, sure, bre- a fucking a, a number four Mark One or slash two T cannot yep. go past six hundred y- meters. Oh, I don't. Know. Well, that sounds like bullshit. But I mean, it doesn't make sense because the, this the scopes back then were kind of limiting. No, they were um, shitty. But like a fucking PU yeah. can go up to a thousand. Yeah, but I'm not sure. I don't. I, I don't have. Oh, I have a T project, but I don't have a T. But I mean, in my mind, everything yeah. you said, you know, Michael, you go uh, is just it makes sense. You know, it's a very it's an incredibly stable platform. The only thing yeah. in my mind that throws it off is the fact that it's an open vault, and I don't care what and you say. Yeah, when, that, that, when you shoot an open vault, that it, it does it does metal, move right before it right before it hits the primer. It it does move. Yes, that chunk of metal like fly because that's the reason I hate my G three. I love my G three. It looks really cool and it's got cool history. But that fucking giant fucking bolt slamming forward. <laughs> throws but you this off is a smaller bolt. Bren's a very smaller bolt, but it still does. And he's does. only shooting one round. He, he's and, and it does it does do the same yeah. thing. But here's the thing: is like if you're here's the thing is I will say this: having shot a lot of open bolt weapons, is it is the trigger is how do I explain this? It's it's uh it's longer, but it's smoother. And all of a sudden, when it hits, if you're because when you get that pull, like for myself, this is just my own opinion. This is not a fact. I was able to, because we had to do some cool shit with the 240 Bravo, which is an open bolt machine gun, right? With one shot or three shots. And um, when you squeeze that trigger, it's like you feel it release and it does move because it's like big chunk of metal going forward. 
But it's also a huge, a big chunk of metal that you have countering that versus a rifle. And does no, that make sense? True. Like, because a rifle is eight pounds, and yeah, it's like yeah. On a on a Bren too, you have depending on the model of Bren, you have a, a rear rest as well, so you can really fuck. It's like a boys' anti tank rifle. You, you can, can get really, into it. Yeah, you, you can really, really get into that fucker control. if you had to. You know, and yeah, so yeah, it's like it's like yeah. I could see why he would want to take the Bren for that long range of a shot. It's an H bar. That's what it comes down to. Well, I just—it's a heavy barreled rifle. I just yeah, go ahead, Mike. I just typed in Siege of uh, uh, Janetville, and uh, isn't it fun? The one of the uh, on on uh, on YouTube, and one of the first videos that pops up is testing the C, the testing the yeah, the I sniper did see that. I, I, yeah, I was I was and, I was uh, watching that trying to find the budget. I actually kind of like that. Okay. It was a, it's it a 16 minute video about that so if you want to yeah the armor's bench i looked into it but i looked into their thing a bit and they, they show all the moas are off i don't care who the fuck you are unless you have a brand new barrel for your bren though that doesn't mean shit like, correct you are correct uh, it, it, yeah. it, it doesn't and it's like you know uh henry who we've had on here from nine hole reviews you know he does all the collectorizing and stuff and like within reason but like if we're talking about a specific event during a service life of a rifle like unless you have everything new, and who who knows, you know what the sur- what the how bad these guns were and stuff, you know. But it's just a, kind of a fallacy for me to be like this eighty year old equipment can't do what they show. It's like because that it was five years old back then or brand new. Not eighty fucking not some boomer didn't shoot the fucking barrel out in nineteen eighty seven because he didn't like the president or something. Yeah, who the yeah. fuck knows? Like you know, it's like uh, especially in the states because people that own machine guns are horrible. Yeah, well, yeah, but anyway, it, it, I think it's plausible de- definitely, and um. The whole the whole thing about the the number four Mark One slash two T not being able to go past six hundred yard fuck you. Well, it's like there's a I thing. There's a very interesting thing in films. Whenever you watch them, like especially Eastern Front movies, like the, you always see the reticles in the middle of the scope. And when like you get a PU, yeah, exactly. When you get a PU or any of that stuff, all the Russian scopes, you put it in zero, and the fucking middle line is all the way up. There's like a, a quarter of a, of an inch, basically from the top of the scope to the actual reticle. And a lot of people are like, this is what they did it, blah, 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 blah. Well, I was going to do a Soviet sniper film a while ago that unfortunately fell apart. But um, I did a shit ton. I've read every single Soviet memoir that existed ever. And one of the things that came out of that was really cool was that they said that they used to cite, they would set the scopes for 600 or like 400 meters to get the reticle in the middle, but they would cite them to two or 250. So that even though the scope was set at a certain range, like 600 or something, the actual rifle was zeroed for something different. And they knew from where the, where the actual reticle was, closer you know, to go lower or further away to go higher up. So that idea of like adjusting a reticle to a different range but zeroing it into something else is a legit military thing. So that could be something else that played into this. I mean, I, I don't know. But it's a really interesting bit of could history. Have. Yeah. You know, so when anybody bitches like, no, look at my PU, it's like this. It's like, well, you didn't read the 17 Russian memoirs to tell you how to use the rifle that you bought off Gunbro. Also, I, sh- I shimmed them out, by the way. So it actually yeah. was. Which but, use, but Brian's, it was... use Brian's shimming company. There you go. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, accurate, yeah. Brian Rao. Yeah. Millstrip yeah. Accuracy LLC. Yeah, it beats possible. It really is. And I'll, it is. I'll it's have like, to look yeah, into th- it. And that's see not one of the things that I'm like hung up on. I'm hung up like about the. Just not showing the front side post. Like, come on. <laughs> the, the thing I'm hung up about, and I wrote it in my notes, <clears throat> I decree 
on the was it tenth of May or whatever. Well, I'm gonna go. Bullets. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go take a piss while you're saying this, so I can come <laughs> back and I'm gonna love this because I know it's gonna be good. Bullets go through things. <laughs> 50 cows. Oh, yeah, the fucking, fucking Jeeps. Yeah, the bulletproof Jeeps. And, 50 yeah. cal. No, yeah. no, 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 no. It's an anti-material rifle, okay? Or round. Like, it's it's made to go through anything. Cinder block, femur, wood planking, fucking anything. Like, literally, if they just wanted to be correct, you would just fucking bombard the base with 81s for, like, a day and just use your 50 cals to mow down all the fucking structures. And then you move in, like it's just so. It's stupid. So let me ask you this then. So in the re- during the real siege, you think they didn't have that nearly that much firepower they were using? Gun tr- I really feel like they watched Congo documentaries from the '60s and just stole shit oh, okay. because it's different. You know, like when they're driving these jeeps over these open fields again, it like turns into Gettysburg with like Range Rovers. <laughs> what the fuck's going on? <laughs> it's just the, the the one thing you're most exposed in on a battlefield is the technical. But the second you get into a technical, everybody's like, hey, shoot that guy. You know? It's just, ugh, the tactics are just annoying. But Oh, yes. Like yes. Filmography and stuff. But no, bullets go through things. And, like, not until the end of the film do you see, like, where buildings start to get chipped away by stuff. It's like, I love that in, like, uh, what was it, Black Hawk Down? Where, like, fucking, you know, shit gets fucked up. You know? Because, again, bullets go through things. Like, it's, and this is the age of battle rifles, too. Everything's a fucking high powerful rifle or a subgun. There's no intermediary really, you know, maybe some AKs and stuff, but like it's everything has weight behind it. You know, you're shooting full cartridges, full power cartridges. Nathan? Um the old bag? one the, yeah. The one thing I was gonna say was uh you know, you had mentioned about, you know, kind of like the 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 Russian tactics of just swarming, you know, with no kind of, oh through an open field and just like leapfrogging like every 10 feet. And I think the way it's filmed tends to show it's what I keep saying, which is kind of like that lower budget because I think that's what we see in lower budget films. Yet I don't think this is a low budget film because the more and more I think about it, just the more and more stuff I see about it, but I, I, I let me just finish this and then I'll let you go, Mike. Is that? It's just, it's just, but it's an interjection that'll help your, your state. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, it's not just in lower budget films. True. So, yeah. So, no, so just, just keep going. Um, it's, it's not well, just that. Yeah. Well, well, like, well, like I, 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 I like a lot of things that are done and 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 filmed well in this. There's like certain. It's like it's like every six shots, there's like a stinker. It's like I don't know how to I don't know how to to describe it, but it's like I'm I have this running. You guys can't see, but I have it running, and I'm like looking because I'm trying to see if I was right in my head. It's like you're showing guys leaping and bounding like through an open field with no cover, and I understand that like that that has a problem. So you hide behind a jeep, and the jeep's bulletproof. Okay, but I what I have a problem with is the way it's filmed because if you're in open cover you're not gonna leap by bounds like that you're gonna have like fire te- like whole teams of fire teams suppressing fire to move them up in bounds because it's just it's you, if you do leapfrog tactics with pairs you're just a gaggle and I think it comes down to you know I I, I think it comes up to the problem with you know filming it's like you got to get everything in shot you got to show it to the people who don't study this stuff like we do and I think that's where also this film kind of peters a little bit but i i don't mean it like in the sense of like oh this is a piece of shit no i i like it i enjoy it i i i like the attempt of a, a combat of a, of a scenario that no one talks about and it and it's, yeah. it's 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 interesting i don't know who had his hand up first but chris chris go so when you said uh 
like every fifth scene's a stinker. Like just that scene doesn't make sense in the movie. Is that what you're saying? Or no, like, no, like like um, how do I explain? Because I surround myself with this stuff, so it's like I I think I think what I picture as like a stinker meaning like. I don't know what the fuck's going on or this thing wasn't coveraged right, meaning like the camera wasn't or, – or it's a random ass fucking scene showing something happening that's not relevant to what we're talking about. And I think it's more of like a – almost like a cinematographer's editor error to me in my head. It's like I, 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 I just – I don't like what I'm seeing or I don't like how it's playing out. And I think only I and and possibly even the other guys would notice this because we've – surrounded it because we know what we don't like seeing or we know what's cliche enough or whatever and i think that's just that happens when you surround yourself with this it's like you know what is either lazy or what was kind of like a set in shot and trust me i am not going to judge a film on that because other projects we have worked on has had those problems because of problems that need to be done so like i'm not going to judge so i'm not going to uh, dock a score from it but i can tell when something is lazily filmed or an interjection doesn't need to be there or like, you know, like the guy getting hit next to the commander that has a Wilhelm scream. Like who gives a fuck about that? Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's nothing to push that. And so I think that's what I'm talking about mainly as a cinematographer slash editor. And I think that's what I'm harping on. But, uh, I hope that answered kind of what you, you were, you were asking. Yeah. That's kind of what I was, that's what I was thinking. Um, and like, obviously like, now I'm taking, like, a whole objective look throughout the whole movie, like, just kind of replaying it in my mind, like, with what you guys are talking about. And I feel like now, like, looking back, it kind of flirts between two different types of movie, right? It At the first part and in the end part kind of seems like it's setting up to be a documentary about, like, the plight of the Irish soldiers and not getting the help they want. But then you're looking into the movie and it seems like it's, like, the lax action hero trying to be more of, like, an action movie. But it doesn't, like, really define itself, between either one and it kind of just keeps flirting and it's like not doing it like it's like just like sometimes things flirt and mesh very well and sometimes this is just like that hot blonde at the bar that you're trying to hit on you're like oh well this just isn't gonna work it's kind of and to 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 tack onto that it's kind of like you're flirting to commando scenes (laughs) yes yeah yeah yes like the last of commando yeah yeah like 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 you see prop buildings explode from the inside out you know, yes. like, like, oh like, my God. like, 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 yeah. I'm not saying this movie hits that. I'm just saying like some of the shots and some of the battle choreo or, or some of the battle uh, cinematography feels either very, we didn't get this shot. So we have to put this here or it's very lazily filmed or I don't want to say lazily. I would say safely filmed, meaning like if you don't get it, then, um, you know, then, then 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 you're fucked you know like and that makes me think that this movie is in the middle of the budgetary thing where i don't think it's massively budgeted because i feel like if they wanted to press like 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 for example like all quiet on the western front probably has a massive budget it's a netflix thing though so we don't know is that 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 i think is also massively budgeted and that has more cinematography and more pressing of kind of like a grandial scale of coverage of things being filmed. And that's just what I mean. It's like, I like this film. I like how it's filmed. I like what it does. However, I can see where, I, I hate to say it, but it's like safely filmed. It's like there's no, I'm not saying you have to be like artistic with your shots, but just, I, I don't know. I think it's just a, a, con, a pattern that I'm constantly seeing throughout the whole film and it kind of gets almost boring as a cinematographer, I think is what I'm trying to say. 
we talked about like the uh, the director at the start, right? Do does he have anything? Oh, thank do they you. Have I was gonna. Else? Yeah, I was gonna. Like, I was, yeah, I was gonna look that up. Sorry. Because it'd be interesting um, to see, like, you know, if it's if it's safe and it's one of their first major things, like, how it, well how that does. Well, it's like it's like when we did Midway, and it's a uh, um, Mike A. It's 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 the guy who did the Patriot. I can't remember his name. Help me. Oh. Steve uh, Ir- Irvin or something. Fuck. Um, What's his I name? know. I it's, no. It, he didn't. I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, I'm I'm looking it up. Roland Emmerich. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You always know when it's a Roland Emmerich film. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like so, I I'm I'm looking for Siege of Jedeville. I know Brian said it, but he's he's. Well, it's kind of cool. Like Chris is like you know been really quick, Brian, and then I'm sorry, I won't interrupt you anymore. But like, it's cool that like Chris is now like I just won't forget it ever. Kind of understanding like <laughs> us our nerd shit. Mm-hmm. Love you, Brian, but like just come on. Uh, it's kind of cool. Like Chris is like kind of learning how to like see things now, and now his his. His his view on films is gonna be forever changed. Mm-hmm. Oh, you bastards! I I always pl- uh. I, I I always was the best with it because I'm like I love all movies. So if I hate a movie, it's absolute trash. And now it's gonna be completely. I can't say that anymore. Wow. wow. Well, now it's it's like basically we just showed Chris the the arrow and the FedEx symbol, or the <laughs> FedEx logo. Well, it's like you know here's Legally Blonde. Here's C.G. Jadaville. Let's see, like, you know, going going down. What a comparison. <laughs> yeah, but you know. Reese Witherspoon, so, still a smoke show. Yeah, so, yeah, hell yeah. It's very, very, you're not wrong. You're not Wood wrong. Bang. You know? So, so I'm not, this isn't, this is not downplaying music videos, but the only thing this got, the director has ever done is music videos before this film. You He's know. done, and it, it makes sense now yes, that I said yeah, that. Like, complete sense, like. Huh. Yep. Yep. He's only ever done music videos. All his IMDb page, if you look at it, it's all music videos, this is his only film. I mean, I feel he's like he's ever done. I feel like now, like it, uh, he's done that. a short. Sorry, I take that back. He's done one short with no picture on it, and a direct, and and he's done the film. Hey, I did a short. Can I do a movie? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, like, you can. and and that's not that's not downplaying music videos, not at all. Music videos are very, very amazing when they're nailed done really well however yep. i it depends on when they were done and this guy worked from the early 90s until 2004 stopped doing anything he must have been doing producing because i can only no holy shit so he stopped working in 2004 and then 2016 he got a director at cj jadaville what and then the next year he did a music video and now he stopped hmm he must have like fuck you money. So he will awaken That's in so twenty o- years to tell yeah. us another Commonwealth War. Story. That's so odd. Like I'm not I'm not bashing him, but I can totally understand it's why odd. I have why I have those problems with what I see. Because it yeah. Okay, I'm one. I want to see if he had a cinematographer on. Let's here let Brian that. speak. No, I forgot yeah. what I was gonna say, but that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. I got all the background of the Kid Rock videos from '95 to '92. You know, and then I worked with Sting between 97 and 01. Yeah. Listen here, you dumb son of a bitch. We this did, is America. Okay. We did, okay. We did this Stairway to Heaven video, and I was so high on coke. The cinematographer is has done other films, but not a single one have I ever seen. Legally Blonde, too? Okay. And he was doing, he was a cinematographer for 1899, which was... 1898? Or ninety nine. No, eighteen ninety nine. It was a TV series that just aired last year. Oh, was that a Yellowstone spinoff? And I think that's the I think that's the Bermuda Triangle ship 
TV series that I think bombed. I don't know. I didn't even know there was <laughs> such a thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I did. <laughs> no, it didn't uh, bomb. Now we it know was, why it bombed. It, it didn't bomb. It was just weird. It's at Netflix as well. He must but have out, dirt on someone at Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> it's also Netflix, so that makes it, yeah. I've got binders yeah. full of words. There's like this weird milkiness to like Netflix movies in terms of their like cinematography. They do have a caliber to yeah, them. It's yeah, it's just like, it, what is going on here? Add, add a little contrast. It, it's funny you say that because I see a lot of similarities between this and The Forgotten Battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not in a good way. Well, actually, I haven't fully seen Forgotten Battle. I started it and I didn't finish much. it. <laughs> it well, Cinematography-wise, it looked good to me, the parts I had seen, but I, I don't know. It's I okay. I haven't dived into it's it. It's packed a screen full of 88s and storm conveyors. It's a can on a dike. I, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I completely forgot about that Mike showed that to me. <laughs> hey, I got, I'm a paratrooper. My glider got shot down. I've been like fucking trying to survive for a month behind enemy lines. I am now behind my lines. What am I going to do? Change my uniform and join the Canadians? No, you're going to fucking go home. Like, what the fuck? Shit, dude. I, just, I have a lot of problems with should that. Should I watch really. it and have an argument about the... Well, the, we should We should definitely do, we'll do a, a we should do a scuttlebutt yeah. episode on there. Because I completely forgot I have to, about I have to find the footage, Mike. I have to find so, the footage. Yeah, yeah, you do. It's easy to forget. I completely forgot about that movie now. That, I mean, when I'm looking back at it, I'm like, I don't... I hardly remember anything about it. Until, like, you know, you'll be driving, like, in a few days, and somebody, some kid will go in the middle of the road and throw a brick at you. You know, and then you'll remember the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jog my memory. No, it's just that I... I uh, I don't know. It just wasn't very memorable to me, but I remember at the time people were really talking about it. Which yeah, the, the it Forgotten was... Battle. Yeah, yeah, it's a World War II thing. It it oh. does have an interesting opening where the glider gets shot down. I'll give it that. The, but and like, it was good until then, and then it was yeah. Like, it was like okay, <laughs> we're done. Then I started. It's, like, I, we're done. I, I, they all died in the crash. I'm looking back now, I do like I remember their their interpretation of the Atlantic Wall. I was like, uh, nope. That's it's it. it's like, also <laughs> Margaret Garden, my favorite fucking it, it, Western front. Campaign. I think I got to the glider scene, and that's when I had to go, and I never followed through. So you got two minutes in. It should go from the glider scene, like they, like oh, they crash, and then right into like uh, you know, letters from Iwo Jima or something. Like, and now we found their bodies. Yeah, that would be a much better movie than five minute movie bullshit they made. Captain America shows up out of nowhere. It's it's like a Dutch guy pulling out a parachute (laughs) helmet out of a, a swamp. Like, oh, what's this? Um, yeah. To to, to guys, I guess to cycle back to the movie, what'd you guys think of the props? They were great. Um, the, the Irish look great. They really yeah, did. not bad at all. From what I'm, yeah, I saw, I mean, a lot of guns in this. A lot of like submachine guns that I don't ever see in movies. Vig nuns. Mm-hmm. A that lot of very varying cool. calibers and types, and I was yep. very impressed with what they had on screen. Mm-hmm. I was very impressed. Um, Should we go yeah, to? Because I saw, I actually saw dish. Because we can jump into a second, yeah. but like, um, like the uniforms, uniforms too were like like the yeah. mercs were wearing because I know of, nothing of, about that so yeah so the main merc guy the uh, Brian knows his name because he jerks off to him every night but like um <laughs> he does nothing to say to I'm, that I, I'm joking the <laughs> le, le, le French the le French yes. yeah the, 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 oh, who yeah. Was, uh, the hell was the, the guy the guy would name, you like some French cognac <laughs> he's, he's played by the same you lost your country in two weeks you surrendered he, monkey. He, oh. he's played by the same actor who played the French lieutenant in Joy Noel. It's the same actor. Oh fuck! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he's Asian. I don't know if yeah. you caught that. Yeah. Oh wow! No. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Yeah. He looked like a discount Nick Swordson. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So anyway, um, they're wearing like um, they're wearing like fucking old school like French Indochina and Algerian era shit. Well, they're wearing denizens. Well, no, it's, it, if you look closely, it's, it's lizard. It's like it's patterned off of them. 
but it's the um, Tap 48, I think, uniform for 47. Um, yeah, there were so many of them. They're not, they're not denizens. Like, if you look really close, they're not. I think the main guy has a denizen on. But we'll, no, I thought so too. It's just it's faded it's to a, fuck. It's like a de- well, we'll see. It's like a Denison cut though. But yes, it definitely was. was, was well, they patterned it off of stuff. that. Yes, but like it was the the tap forty eight. The pair. It was a paratrooper specific uniform. It, it could be Rhodesian brushstroke because they had a lot it's of Denisons that were Rhodesian brushstroke. I'm just saying that at the time like, you have these crazy camos that were in these mercenary campaigns. But no, but well, I, I, I was looking at it because I, I was like, I was like, yeah, it's that's 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 a Denison smock. Oh no, wait, no, it's not. It's tap 48 or 47. I can never remember the number. There's it's tap 58. And there's ta- all I know is I want all of it in my fucking house, but I don't have any right. of it yet. So it's really I faded. And then they're also wearing the, um, he's wearing the, uh, the Maroon Beret, which is fine, with the uh, French Foreign Legion Parametro badge on it. With the, ar- the arm, the, the winged arm holding the, the dagger. That's, so that's, that is. And like, that's, that's fine. Cause yeah, he was in the French Foreign Legion. And he was in that unit. He was in an airborne unit. And also in one of the scenes in the bar, he shows his tattoo. You can see that it lines up, which is a good touch, a good little detail. Well, it, it's it's funny. It's like to talk about uh, the theme I think we've had with a lot of the recent films is that, you know, de- the, the devil's in the details and, and getting that nailed down really does kind of bring it up. And I think this movie does do a good job of trying to put it in the time in the in the time that it was based in. The, the the uniforms the equipment even this I mean the, the the main set's a little cheap looking with brick and I think but I only say that because of this is that it's obviously brick it's obviously stuff but the problem is I have is that I think the 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 real life you know what Brian had mentioned before like you know rounds every everything being bulletproof I I think that's where it really does draw back and I think I think it's the understanding of capturing real you know battle and 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 real life physics and stuff like that you know yes me you know media and filmography should have a little bit of a forgiveness but when it's blatant constant through the whole entire thing i think that's where it starts to i think you i think that's again for me chiming back to what i said before i think that's where it starts feeling i I hate to use the word cheap but it feels cheap yeah. You know, um, cheesy. Really, yeah, cheesy. Yeah, really quick. You, yeah. I was just going to ask Chris, like, so Chris, as like a, now that you've learned a little bit, but like putting that aside, how do these guys like look to you, like their appearance, like their, uh, the weaponry, the uniforms and whatever on both sides, how did they look to you as just somebody that's kind of like a viewer, an audience member? Do we know how, uh, like this engagement, like how soon after being in country they are? Like a month or so. Okay. Yeah. I, I, the way I've looked at it, like they kind of look a little haggard, ragged. Like it's not like pristine, like we're marching on a parade type, like their uniform and stuff. So I think that was like a nice touch. Um, but like, I didn't think any, like, I thought it was a little weird. Like the, you know, like the Enfields or the bolt actions and all that. But they did say that like they had what world war two ish supply or surplus weapons and stuff somewhat. Yeah. The Irish. Yeah, they, yeah. Like they, at the, at the start. Yeah. Right. Um, so I thought like it was, it looked well. It didn't. Nothing really stuck out to me. What and about the again, Mercs? Hmm. I know it's just, it's just. I'm just asking you. This is like a viewer. Like you don't have to go into any details of like fucking nomenclature or all that shit. But like, did those guys look different than the Irish guys? Well, besides being black, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Fair, fair fucking point. Okay. I mean, no, it's a fair point. But um, like, you know, like, like, so like, 
what is it? Henchmen no, number their one tactics and weaponry and all that shit. The way they the way they the way they conducted battle versus the Irish. Oh I yes, I mean like definitely like they didn't like get cover or anything. They just besides the mercenaries, right? You could easily pick out of who the mercenaries in that group were. Um, like they actually like found cover and did sort of military things versus like what the Irish were doing, like finding cover, high positions, stuff like that. And so I guess like, yeah, uh, there was kind of a contrast between that. Like why the hell is everybody doing like fucking line stuff? Like we're fucking trying to fiddle fuck with the fucking British and sending them back. Like unless they're really that moron, moronic, like that doesn't make any sense. At least from my, my standpoint. Yeah, no, the, uh, the mercs are interesting. Um, and just random, but my, my favorite mercenary story from this time period comes from Indochina. Cause you get, again, the, these crazy World War II vets and stuff. So there was a problem apparently in some part of the country where all these convoys were getting attacked going down one of the colonial routes and they had to fix this problem. And they were like, Oh, we got to fix this, whatever. And one of the mercenaries was like, Oh, that's easy. Like what? And, like takes a drag of a cigarette. Just tie the hostages to the outside of the trucks. They won't kill their own people. It's like. I mean, Somebody wrong, saw service fuck. in the east part of the world, you know, like, it's just interesting where these guys, you know, pulled their references from. So you literally would have crazy veterans that would be in these campaigns. Like, it would not be uncommon to have, like, British paratroopers next to, like, SS lieutenant colonels, like, you know, next to an American that just can find his way home after they liberated Paris. Like, it's just, yeah, I mean, this is where the soldier of fortune, like, idea really takes hold. This is late fifties, early. It's like this is the classic Merc era, and people are like, "Oh no, that's the Bush Wars, executive outcomes." It's like that's the tail end, like that's like you know, hey, there's nothing left. But this is the real, like you know, oh well, I was in the commandos, and here I am, or hey, I fucking I ended up in Korea, and then I never found my way home. Like, it's it's pretty crazy, and yeah, they they did train these local forces and things, and they were really idiots, you know, obviously the militias and stuff. They were just supplied with local firearms and, um. Yeah, the mercenaries are just trying to push them into these attacks. There were one or two things I read where the morale was really low with the Katanganese forces um, because after a lot of the, the assaults, the, um, the militias or sorry, the mercenaries, the real mercenary guys would shoot the leaders that failed to like push the attacks home. So like, you know, that's that's a great morale booster. The beatings will continue until morale improves. Yes, like you know, <laughs> some irony there, Nathaniel. Right. I have to answer to it. No, he's not going to go. I have to say, I, oh, no, I have to now because he fucking called me, but I, I want to go. I want to go talk Random, as I cut um, you off today, uh, yeah. a friend of mine who listens to the podcast, yeah. like a week ago we were meeting with him and stuff, and he goes, oh, fucking, whenever I hear your podcast, I always think of Old Bay. <laughs> just, <laughs> oh. just hey, hey, Nathaniel, as long as you stop with your lift. <laughs> well, I was going to say, it's better than a loud ass with a lift. So <laughs> loud ass with yeah, a lisp. Yeah. yeah, I'll take that any day. Hey, Chris, um, Chris, does Nate have a lisp? To you? I haven't noticed it. Fuck. I got to put me on the spot like that. Okay. Da- okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, 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 now he's going to, now, now he's going to hear it. Now yeah, he's going to hear it. Just like every like, other thing you guys have made me fucking notice. You've ruined my life. This is <laughs> that glass pane shattering moment that like now every war movie I watch, like these fucking idiots don't even know how to film this. That's not real blood. What is this shit? This is Chris's red pill podcast. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Chris. What movie from your childhood do you hold very dear? Nope, we're not even. Nope, nope, <laughs> nope, he ain't falling nope. for that. That's that shit. Dude. Yeah, you know. Forrest Gump. The there Lion, we go. Oh, Forrest Gump. The Lion King. 
Oh, Let, that's actually. Let's go to the Vietnam part. Actually, of not not. They shot terrible. me right in the butthawks. Butthawks. Yeah, but, but not, not not a terrible depiction of Vietnam. Right. Just that so movie we know. actually holds up. Believe it. But or at not. the same yeah, time, it it's totally fine if you take it a look that you know Forrest Gump's retarded and it's through his lens. So everything's just going to be off, anyways. <laughs> Forrest Gump's not retarded though. I've heard people say oh. that he's just he's just. <laughs> He's just not very bright. He's just southern. He's just, yeah, that's I, the thing. It's like he's not mentally ever, challenged. I thought literally it was because like there was that that test he took, and it's like he's in the slow. He's Seventy-five IQ, but 75. IQ is bullshit. So whatever. Until his mom put out, and he was in the smart category. <laughs> I mean, but if if, if the mom was Sally Fields, wouldn't you? I mean, I probably still would. Uh, Nineteen ninety-four <laughs> Sally Fields. Yes, I would. 2023 Sally Fields. No, nah, it's a little too old. Yeah, 94. Yes, dude, you're gonna too pound her old. into dust. Okay, no, you can't. Thank God. We got to do community service somehow, and for me, it's giving back to the older people. All right. <laughs> On today's episode of the Sex Swing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and especially we're, we're, we're smoking the bandit Sally Fields. At, you know. Oh, <laughs> searching for nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah, well, so, there is that. Yes. What was Nate? Um, so, what other movie so, do you hold dear? So, I show? will. So, let me let me before we go in more in this banging Sally Field. Let me let me get this out. <laughs> Would have known the, um, the discussion about uh, this movie. Uh, I I will tell you, my bingo card did not have banging Sally Fields on the podcast. Tonight. By See? by Sally Fields, I mean Sally is the code name for the Irish A Company contingent that was there, and Fields, the fields that surround. Sally Fields, come in so. over. Sally. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I have to cut you off again, Nate. Go ahead. No, I hated the fucking radio comms. Oh my god. Oh yeah, because oh, yeah, yeah. they were just like it was like it was like you, what you and doing? me talking on the phone. It's like that's not how it goes. Hi, General. Yeah, like, he, he didn't even <laughs> say. Yeah, he didn't even say over. He just like throws the thing. We down. could really use that whiskey. Yeah, bam. That, that's the over and out. Yeah, the whiskey so, thing okay, happen, but it this was at is, the end. This could be a really good thing because Chris knows a little bit of a thing or two about talking on a fucking official radio. Yeah, I talk on the radio all the time. So, do you in a combat setting like that? Do you talk just like casually to people? No, you say. Very concise, short shit on what you're trying to say, and that's it. <laughs> very, very concise. I got. There's like, a reason. A nine and you also use call just, signs. These know, things like, called call signs, right? Yes, like Viking Eight Four. I have you, Lima Charlie. Like cool shit, like that. Like super easy, super quick. Yeah. We're not trying to fucking. Yeah, Viking Eight Four. This is Viking Eight Four. This is Romeo Eight Juliet, Lima Charlie. Um, coordinates Alpha or, or grid, grid Square Golf Two Four. Um, request fire support over. Yeah, and then be like Romeo Juliet. I this is uh, Viking Eight Four. Romeo 8 Juliet. You you fucked up my call sign. Wisconsin Cheddar, Wisconsin Cheddar. This is Big Dick Motherfucker 69. How do you hear me? Over. So to people listening, that's. How copy? That was a really bad one I just did because I've been out of the loop for fucking over a decade. But like, it's it's short and concise like that. I'm also also, talking to pilots. So like. It's different. It's way different. I mean, it's not going to be like your infantry. Or your JTACs calling actual fucking fire support. So we, right. we're like in that like, little median yeah. grade. But area. anyway, no, but it, it, it's different, but it's always like the same concept of like, you use call signs so everybody knows who the fuck is talking. Yep. And it's short and concise to the point, fuckity bye. Like fucking, um, did anybody here watch that horrible, horrible Monster Hunter movie? Uh, which was it just called no. Monster Hunter? The, yeah, the new one with Mila Jovich. No, it was like two years ago. Like the no. the bull. The, oh my! They were like doing I think radio talk like without radios just to each other. I'm like, 
So, Chris, I, I, I have a question, a very serious question. Oh, yeah, 100%. What is the call sign for the giant space laser in that James Bond movie? <laughs> Are you talking about Die Another Day? <laughs> yes, yeah, I was, yeah, you know, is there, what's the call sign I've, for that? You know, honestly, I've never called, I've never uh, watched any of the James Bond movies. Really? Oh, so there's oh, a really, really horrible one where this North Korean guy gets turned into a British guy yes. or whatever? Are we sure yeah. that's not Team America World Police? Possibly. No. It is definitely yeah, if, Die if, Another Day. It's, <laughs> it's 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 another day. It's a Korean turning into Maggie Smith's son, and but then they, and then they go to an and, ice hotel. That's yeah. like everything's ice, and then they the, obviously the North Koreans have a secret space laser that they were going to use to destroy the minefields to get into the South. They haven't been building invasion tunnels underneath the DMZ for the last sixty years. But anyway, so you know they have this giant space laser that melts like all of Antarctica. So I was just wondering, you know, you being in the space force, like what's the call sign for that? Like Mega Death Two. Doesn't he like? Doesn't he like surf on like a? Brian, there is no, there is yes, no call sign. He just has it on this gauntlet on his arm. Remember? Because I dropped my microphone. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. depends. So like, like if you're, if there's like a control room there, you would be calling the control room, right? So like, I'm in the, the command post for, our local, uh, reserve and guard unit, right? So our call sign is North Star. So when we have planes or units flying around coming to us, depending on what they are, like Reach 4-7, this is North Star, you know. So we would just be North Star. So it probably could just be Death Star at that point. Death Star. That's what they're, that's what they're like, just like straight up, like, we're just going to take this from Star Wars. Yeah, I, I'd be cool with that. I was wondering, you know, I've, I've pondered that since I saw the movie. Like, you know, if you're going to have to call in a death laser from space, like, it's got to have a cool name. Yeah, yeah. You know? So you'd be calling the control room for it. And it's probably some private that doesn't care. So, like, it's the whole control room. And then you got flyboys that have their own call sign, right? And it's usually something stupid like uh, ping pong. And that's because when they did a layover in Thailand, a Taiwanese stripper ping pong ball hit him in the face. Now his name is Ping Pong. Mm -hmm. But when you're out and doing actual missions, your aircraft, that will have a different call sign as well. So it's it like would, my, my, yeah. My buddy's nickname Manila is because, you know, a prostitute wrote him until he had a kid. So yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. So like, I mean, what like, did, like, what did uh, I come back from the Philippines with? A child. Like, <laughs> um, Top Gun, right? So, Tom Cruise is Maverick, but I think during it, he's like Bandit Zero One or something like that. So like you have your personal call sign and then like your mission call sign of what whatever aircraft you're you're doing. And that will generally show who's the lead aircraft and the the, the, the tail aircraft for it, and depending on how many <clears throat> ships you have in your, well, ships is how many planes. So, and the point is so they didn't the do that in this movie. No. <laughs> yeah. In, in the Second World War, they used a system of numbers. So, like, Woodbine 4 1 would be the leader. Yeah. And then, like, Woodbine 1 4 or whatever. Like, that's how that system would go. And then they would have sections by colors. So, like, Woodbine Red 4 or Woodbine Yellow 4, or, like, you know, all the right. different Right. And, and so. you know, maybe they, they actually did fuck up the radio stuff all that much. And that's how, like, uh, uh, Mangato or whatever the hell the Cantonese dude, <laughs> right? Figured out that they like, you know, murdered all those civilians by accident. Like totally yeah. not inept, right? Because you're not using call signs. They would have, you know, if we used call signs, they would have Hey, you in, I fucked up, you know? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> hey, General, uh, you know all those civilians that we had that work in the medical? Yeah, we don't need any more. We just shot them accidentally. <laughs> They're not breathing, so whoops. See, what happened was the Indian UN guys showed up and a bunch of Pakistanis went in the building. And oh, then, oh, fuck. shit. So, here we Wait, are. Wait, uh, were there actual Pakistanis at that point in time in history? Yeah. 
61? Yeah. 48-47. It was contested, but it was kind of like the... That's like the differentiation of where, like, we're going to do yes. this. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, maybe, probably, you know. There's already a few conflicts by, from between Pakistan and India. At this, there was at this definitely, point, yeah. So. I like yeah, to live my life in blissful ignorance of everything that's going around me. Well, Indian people <laughs> and Pakistanis have been fighting in the Himalayas for about 60 years, so there you go, you know. Hey, look, yep. there's K2. You see the mortar fire in the distance? <laughs> this is going to be very controversial if you're Paki or Indian, I'm sorry to say this. Pakis are Muslim Indians, and Indians are Hindu Indians. Yeah, well, they, we actually had a bunch of people in those countries that actually listened to Sheer Shah, which has got, like, I think, 15 views. <laughs> like, <laughs> cool. It's got over it's 100 good. downloads. Yeah. So. Um, it's a cool film. Well, and uh, Bangladesh was also part of India as well. Oh, Bangladesh yeah, there is was also a Muslim. Yeah. More thing about that, if I remember right. Um, what, what, before everything got moved around, um, the one thing I did want to say was that, you know, I, um, the the whole con- this is bringing it way back to the last conversation, and then we'll move on to IMFDB. Oh, this um, is my bad for derailing this. this no, it's totally fine. It's fine. Fault. I just want to get it. the thought out because I want to no, talk about that. that. Is that yeah? Um, is oh, that yeah. If if they had done so, the, we had, we were talking about the mercenaries and that kind of stuff. They look good and stuff like that. The one thing that really did come back to me and I was trying to say was that the it reminded me very much of Danger Close with Chinese wave tactics. Yes, and uh-huh. I feel like they would. I don't know. I haven't studied the conflict. Maybe they just constantly bombarded them with wave tactics. But but to me, I feel like French mercenaries would probably know a little bit more than. To do well, that, to, to guide guys yeah. to well, do that. Well, probably, but if you're a mercenary and you're getting paid out by head, right? Of you know, you split it. Right. And you yeah. really just don't care. Less people, you right? Have, yeah. Didn't yeah. they say they had fifteen hundred people versus one hundred and fifty? Fuck it, Zerg rush. Just send them all. I think the real count. I don't was care. Like Four thousand, I thought. Three thousand versus one hundred and fifty-five. Well, Jesus there's... Christ! Um, yeah. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah. Okay. The reading. Reading some of the things before this to catch up on the history, it seems like there were multiple attacks uh, every day for the five days, and they would be preceded by a very short period of time of 81 millimeter mortar support fire and then wave attacks. And yeah, I mean, it just they really just pushed these guys across this field to their deaths in a way. And it's like they again, they, they try to do that film, but it's it's super fucking you know, Gettysburg with Range Rovers and 30 cows. Um, but it's interesting that they didn't change their tactics at all. Like they didn't yeah. attack at night or anything. That, that's you know? that's. I mean, I think they do. But well, I think they do ish. In the movie. Mercen- I, mean, I know. I know they changed their angle of approach and stuff like that a bunch of times in the movie. But it's still the same. Like just throw bodies. And I mean, I, I understand that's that is a tactic in history of that era that they that other countries did use. I'm just you know, Brian, mercenaries are, you know, soldiers of fortune. And so why would they do the fucking bad parts of soldiering, like fighting at night or shit that they can avoid? So maybe yeah. that's where it comes from. Maybe I, think, see, I think that's pushing yeah. these idiots into their deaths because this is my job today. Well, and also like Chris said, it's like you get more of a paycheck. Well, see, the, the, oh, well, depending, so, yeah. depending, right? Like if it if it is like all your people, this is how much money you're gonna make. Like, all right, cool. Let's yeah. well, it's local, local militia groups, can. but yeah. Yep. See, right. like this is this sort of stuff is like things that I find more interesting that they I think would have been more interesting if more of it was in the movie. Um, right, like, right, yeah. right. Like, I mean, the guy right. get the Colonel Sanders gets shot, and it's like, obviously, yeah. you know, that's the guy who's going to pay them or something. But it really was, it was kind of like, eh, like, it, was, it, it wasn't It was super easy to figure that out, you know? Well, no, they're being paid by, like, the, the part oh, of the French to. government that de Gaulle was in charge of, if you caught that early yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So it's like they're being paid by. I thought Colonel Sanders was part. It was like the owner of the mines or whatever, and that's why. Well, he, he was one of them. Yes. Yeah, okay. but like but still yeah, stuff so that, like that. Yeah. Oh, hold on a second, Brian. And uh, yeah, no worries. Um, but there, the, yeah, because I was sitting there, and it just seems like this line comes out of guys, you know, and to going going into the fighting now. This line comes out. There's like a repetitiveness to throughout the movie where like. They come out, they shoot a little bit at the Irish, and then eventually they go, retreat, 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 and they pull back, and then they come out again, and then they get shot at, and then they go, retreat, retreat, retreat. Exactly. You know, and it's like, yeah. it just seemed like the Irish were just kicking their asses the whole time. I never really felt, I understand that no one was actually killed, but it just seems like, I don't know, there was a there was a weirdness to the way the, the combat played I'm out. Pretty, I have a feeling that Brian's going to come in on that, and Chris yeah. can go after that. Yep. Uh, yes, but no. So there's a funny thing on the money from the Africa Adio thing is that for a part of it, they follow this mercenary group that like attacks a village. And I think it's actually in the Congo and they, they rob a bank. There's a bank that they blow the doors open and take it. And the narrator goes, and the whites get the paper money, but the blacks get the coins. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like you know, it kind of shows the hierarchy. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. like all these like white guys kind of got like money and they burn it later. They don't give a shit about it. like it's fake money or it's not, you know, not there. It's very interesting, and it kind of shows the small differences, you know, in these in these units, yeah, or if you even for want to sure. call them that. So, Christopher, yeah. So, you know, talking about Colonel Sanders and his untimely demise, right, and the uh, the French mercenary leader, right. Like, I felt like, okay, like, they killed the dude, but, like, he was there for, like, two seconds, right? But you know he's, like, a big deal, but you don't really care that he dies. Like, you're, like, cool. Yeah. Same shit as always. Like, you know, if they're going to be more of, like, the action area, and I think that's where they start, where we talked about earlier, right? They're flirting between that documentary versus action type movie. And, like, you don't build any empathy between any of, like, the, the French mercenary or or the Colonel Sanders type figure or the Mugatu dude. Because you just don't care if they die or live. Like, you kind of care about the Irish because it's kind of about them. But, like, do you really? Like, I feel like they could have done a little bit more of a, a better directive of trying to actually, like, have us connect to who's involved in this uh, conflict and, like, praying for their well-being, right? Like, and I felt like maybe that could have helped a little bit with, like, it not being so cheesy. Or maybe... Yeah. That, yeah. Would have been oh, he's red pilled. He's red pilled. But I mean, it's just we got it has to do in the directing and the writing, you know, and uh, and also the editing. But uh, do, when Colonel Sanders did first pop up on screen, though, I don't know about you guys, but I was like, man, I hope that guy gets shot. You know, just like you know, <laughs> you just know that that's one shady fucker right there. It's like it's, but there's still like no no like actual connection because you don't really know what he does. He's just kind of like the G man in Half Life. He's always just there in the <laughs> yeah. background. You know, it's like. Okay, I get that you're an evil son of a bitch. I get your you have ulterior motives, and like when he gets killed, like Chris said, like <laughs> nobody bats an eye. It's just like, oh shit. Okay, we're gonna focus on the hospital that happened, you know, or the, not, I'm sorry, not the hospital, the uh, fucking radio station that happened 30 miles north of us. And okay, orders are orders. They're not taking orders from him. They're being paid by him, and he wants right. to see where his money's going. Right. But he's only one player in the vast amount of shit fucks that are paying these guys. Right. Like you because they have the interest of the mind. It's all about money for them. It's all about right. money and profit. So. Like you can connect us to wanting that motherfucker dead. So freaking hard in like 15, 20 second scene, right? 
You show the mine, show them whipping slaves and all that shit, and you show the, the Colonel Sanders giving the French dude money to go and kill off the Irish at Jonathville, right? Easy enough. Now you're like, I want this motherfucker dead like uh, we, when we nuked Japan. I want it done so hard, it, they never come back. Don't fuck with our boats. And at this point, don't fuck with my mind. So, easy enough. I've already solved your movie. Hire me, Netflix. I can do it. I... Oh, Jesus Christ. Excellent I, take. I, I, have, I have one question real quick. You keep saying Mugatu. Who are you talking about? Fuck, dude, I don't even remember. Like, I remember like some. It was like. Uh, you talking about like the? Are you talking about the like the guy who takes over like the government and the Congo, like that first dude? Is sure, that maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that not dude. The, like, oh, like, yeah. like the politician. Not the Will Ferrell yeah. character from Zoolander. Yeah, because you keep saying Mugatu, and I <laughs> always <laughs> just think of Will Ferrell and Zoolander, and that's why I just threw in the yeah, link. For and, me, it's yeah, like yeah. you know they're kind of the same evilness, right? Like, Kill the prime minister of Malaysia, right? Like that's yeah. where we're at. Okay, all right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they all look all evil people look the same to me. I, I, I can't wait to see what the thumbnail is for this one. <laughs> I invented the piano key necktie. I invented it. It's anyway, gonna be Mugatu uh, photoshopped Ryan, in where Colonel Sanders was. Yeah, Ryan, I think <laughs> Just call Ryan, it Kentucky I, Fried Night. I think you had your hand up. Do you remember? I did, but I forgot. Okay. So. <laughs> I think this is early Alzheimer's. I'm just forgetting everything. So. <laughs> no, dude, it's, I, I forget shit all the time. Like, like I know ah. Churchill. You don't have to remind me, okay? We are kind of here for you, kind of. Jesus Christ, we haven't gotten to Thanks, Ike. IM, IMFDB I, yet. I'm, I'm doing it right now, and it's very long. Oh, boy. Yeah, so this will be fun. So, yeah, Chris Hoffer, you can you can kind of just sit back and learn some cool shit like you've learned because you've been red-pilled by shit that goes on behind uh, scenes. So, all right. All right, I got to pull up. Oh, also, really quick, a, a caveat, because I know at this point a bunch of French-speaking people that are listening to this are going to be pissed that we're calling it Jadotville. It's Jadotville. I know. It's a Belgian it, fucking town. It's a Belgian, yeah. Yeah, when, when but, you don't have to be bailed out in a world war, they can have an opinion at the adult table, okay? <laughs> fucking A. Okay, I was going to get to that, but you just kind of streamlined that you shit. You kind of occupied the question, so I'm not even going to touch it. And here's the thing is, like, they'll be like, You know, you dumb Americans, you cannot pronounce French toilet. Uh, you, it is not a croissant. Michael's like, Jax, no whales. Yep. Like as bad as me so, earlier, so this is it was me actually this is a, a friendly conflict we're going to have with all you french speaking people we are we are antagonizing you because you cannot pronounce english perfectly and if you can please make a video and let us know in the comments i've yet to see that mike so, yeah i've yet to see that mike too, so. <laughs> no mike no <laughs> Yeah, it's it's yeah, just yeah, fucking. Yeah, yeah, it's too close to what it is. Yeah, Nate, I told you you're gonna be fucked. Michael pulls editing. out the play-doh. <laughs> it's okay. It hasn't been that bad. We haven't said Gandhi. <laughs> oh, he did the again, again. <laughs> we'll cut that out. Did, okay, it's been it's been a month now. Have you looked it up? Uh, no, I haven't. I have not. No, it has not <laughs> been. A, well, has it been a month? I don't know. It's don't been remember. about a month, Nate. Okay. Come on, that one just Ooh. came out this Monday. What so are the yeah. stats? We're hitting Brian threshold, so we got to. I'm really gonna pass out my chair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can make it, Brian. You can do this. The Walter 338. That was a good touch because yeah, that was gonna be surplus at that time. 
um, yep. that was going to be very easy to he get. He says he so. fought in World War II as well, so maybe that's what that's they're trying to... May, perhaps, yeah. yeah. But like, mm-hmm. e- even... even So it's, it's either his or it was surplus, and he was able to get it. So yeah, easy. Good good touch. I thought that was interesting to see. Is on there. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Oh, 1911. Wow. Pa- high power. <sighs> yep. <laughs> yep. Not taking the bait, Nate. Every time. Every time. Not doing it tonight. But yes, mm. I know. It's a running mm. high power. Absolutely would be there. Absolutely very common. Yeah. Interesting. They're post war. Yeah. Well, or yeah. Post, si- post conflict. Post 61. 73. Really? Yeah. Go down to the next comment, Nate. The external extractor oh, and spur okay. hammer indicate. I, I don't know that much about um, yeah, post forty five production high powers, but that's interesting. Cool, but whatever. It's a Fucking high power. Far. <laughs> well, there's a lot of Farby shit in here. So the FNFAL, the yes. FAL. The wooden stocks was interesting. I'm not too sure about that. Well, they were trying to go for the L1A1 look, I think, but like because of what you said, that would not make yeah. sense. Well, they could have had some leftover again. G1 stocks. But maybe G ones were made in Germany. I'm pretty sure, though. Or were they contracted? Um, I, 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 I don't remember. But anyway, yeah, I, it's not likely. I would, I would, I would say. As far as I know, FALs not. were plastic the whole time, and L one A ones and G ones are the ones that have wood and until they can whatever. That's what I understand so. as well. Well, wait. So. Do they have the metal escutcheon on the back for the for the stock? Because then they're G one lowers. Give me one sec. Because this, this is metal something. escutcheon. Uh, I can't uh, there's nothing it. really like. Yeah, there's not. I'd have to pull up the movie. But yeah, it's yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. It, but anyway, G40, it's, or G ones yeah. have like this half to three quarter inch metal escutcheon on the back and the front of the stock to reinforce it. That's a way to tell. So, yep. But it's it's I think that. But do you agree that that's what we're trying to do is like trying to make them look like L one A ones because pretty much yeah, every possibly, FAL is that I've seen is like every like at this time period would be is that well, KLMK? Where? The guy on the right? Uh, no, it's just blurry. Oh, okay. I think it's some kind of like woodland variant or whatever. I did see woodland that was like. Oh, I did too. Oh, I saw you, that. Oh, oh, hopefully we can catch that. Yep. When they roll the okay. guy into the stretcher, I was like. Yep. Hopefully we can. Hopefully, hopefully there's yeah. a picture of that. But like it's. Uh, I saw that too. I caught that. Um. Yeah. So F A L F A L. Squeeze K. Squeeze breathe. Wait a second. Go up. Breathe go up. again. Oh, uh, it looked like a G three. Like the angle. Okay. Go go down. We're fine. Okay, so the G3. G3s. Yep. But these were also very new in 61. I didn't see if the dish got fired. That'll be interesting <sighs> to see. Didn't G3... Well, the Sepmis came out in the 50s. 58. And I'm not sure when they adopted the G... I thought the G3 was 63 for some reason. I It could have been, been 61. It Jamie, been click on H&K G3. Let's see what it says. No, yeah, because I know the set me was oh, like the hyperlink. Want, okay, I won't do yeah. it. Okay, all right, fine. Click on the hyperlink. Well, no, I'm like, right. the Germans were using hi- the G1. Oh. <laughs> the Germans no, were... I don't want to know about that. No, no, go away. Uh, no! What year? Yes, I you know are, it's based off the MP44. I don't care about fishing. Gotta go you back to fuck this all up, Jamie. It, Jamie, it, go it, down. It, it moves the fucking ad in the, front of the my wheel face. in the middle Jamie, of your mouth. Jamie, Jamie, pull it up. Jamie, you're not, you're not doing it right. No, we're no, almost, we're almost there. Keep going. A- everyone's just yelling go at down, me. Give down. me a half of an inch. Give me da- another half inch. <laughs> that's, that's what she ooh, said. And then she died. Said. Give yeah. me another half inch. And uh, she died. Women's France. 1959. Interesting. So they are. This is just a wall of text for me. I don't even know what. Yeah. So that 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 to me would be like. Question marks. They made it to Revisor very late. 
That was because we had Rodiger was in sixty six post sixty six sixty four to eighty. But yeah, but like GGs didn't start showing up until like. The late 60s. Well, there were all these arms embargoes where they weren't allowed to like send weapons yeah. to... Well, no, because so Germany, West Germany was not allowed to sell war material at all to any mm-hmm. country, and they got so around it somehow. But, like, yeah, it was the late 60s, early 70s. We used the I mountain think. Nazis. The Swiss really know how to get things done. <laughs> right. Mountain so, Nazis. But, yeah, it's like, okay, where is the... Yeah. Okay, there it is. Yeah, there's the yeah. G3. You haven't heard that before? Nope. Nope. I, Number four, Mark one. Yeah. There would have probably been the Mark II, but there would have been Mark I's mixed in for sure. But at this point, well, it's 61, that would have been Mark II's. So they would have been up. They just switched over to, well, I think they only had Mark I's, but anyway, they, it was a number four receivers or rifles, whatever. They they, they um, switched over yeah. in the late 50s, and they kept a lot of the earlier SMLEs for grenade launching functions. I only know this because I have an Irish SMLE. And also, if you ever see the movie Blue Max, which we'll do eventually, which is a really bad World War I movie, they filmed it in Ireland. And all of the Germans, or all the Brits are using SMLEs, and all of the Germans are using number fours. Because it was right around the time where they were modernizing their army. So it's pretty funny. But, um... Good shit. Yeah. So that number four Mark One T, okay. Beautiful sniper rifle. Yeah, it probably would have yeah, been Mark one of the T, best looking T, ones. Yeah, it's, it's a really good looking rifle. It's a great... I mean, I love the number four platform. That's my favorite infield platform that they have. Yeah. Well, the cheek rest is what really is nice about this one. It's really the only rifle during the war that had a cheek, or the Second World War that had a cheek rest. The Soviets had a way of making a cheek rest out of your, your scope cover, but that's another story. And the M1C, they kind of had that like leather thing that like they started to develop, and then it just wasn't oh, used towards yeah. the end. Yeah, but it wasn't. Well, only, it wasn't like it wasn't part of the stock. It was like a separate only, piece. Yeah, the only time you see the M1C ever saw combat was shooting uh, Japanese holdouts in the Philippines in the late forty-five. Yeah, that's so, what I'm saying. It was like so late, yeah. and then super, in Korea super they got a lot of they got a lot of um, oh, yeah. use. But like they yeah. realized the Garand's a horrible sniping platform. Yeah, like Mauser rifle. So this is a looks like mm-hmm. a fucking Turkish Mauser or Spanish. Yeah, they said Spanish Turkish. Yeah, it's probably a 93 of either one. Well, that's that a one, it's, it's that sniper. Or no, that's scene. not. No, no that's not. a well. He was no. holding. Yeah, he's holding a K98. That's a K98. Yeah. Um, that yeah, that's definitely a K98. Yep. Um, you can see that, and you you can see like they didn't have that, but like you can see the a lot of the Hugo M forty fives, whatever. Uh, the candy eights, though. Sorry, a, a lot of the Czech candy eights that they made at the UT factory at the at forty five to like forty eight ended up in Africa. Right, but this one doesn't have the um, the extended handguard. So no, 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 they wouldn't. Have. No, no, no. It's not. It's not a, the, the actual DOT forty fives, the candy eights, or the pre, before they before they started making them before the M forty eights. Yeah. Because a lot of those well, ended no, up in Ethiopia yeah. with the the, the line yeah. of Judah in the stock. But yeah, the, the we're, not, getting way, we're getting way too deep in the fucking weeds again. But like, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's relevant. But no. So this is this is a K98. It's K98, yeah. K98 style. But a lot of the communist bloc made K98s before the M48s ended up in Africa and they were used everywhere. Yep. All right. You see a lot of the Lion and Judah ones that come out of Royal Tiger today. So, so yep. uh, 1934, right, Brian? It's, no, we're not no, doing that. We're not doing it's that. It's definitely. A, a com block K98, but okay. I love me Swedish K. Yeah, good stuff. It's such a sexy looking fucking machine gun. It's very it's patterned off the it, Sten, so it's easy. Well, they pattern like, off basically everything in Europe. It, it's it's kind of funny. The Australians yeah. did the similar thing with the F1. Yeah, because at the starting of the Second World War, they had I think a Thompson and MP38 
there's one other machine gun in the country, and they they put those all together to make an F1 eventually after the Owen. Um, but yeah, the Carl Gustav was the same thing. In 45, they just basically relied on the MP40, the Sten, and all the other designs from the war. And the, the Swedes made probably one of the best submachine guns ever made. Yep. Agreed. The be- one of the best stocks ever made, too. It's fucking The MP40 stocks are horrible. If you oh, yeah. get the play this one's one. actually sturdy. Oh, it's, it's sturdy like, as fuck. It, it yep. folds away. It's it's a really great gun. Yep. And they made them in f- nine millimeter and forty five, I believe, and they're very easy well, to convert. Well, we 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 got a contract for them like uh, during the sixties. From what I understand, I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. We had a contract for them to be in forty five, and that's when the Smith and Wesson model seventy six came out. Yeah, because it was cheaper to make. So they, and they, they copied just, it, and they were just yeah. like, "Yeah, well, we could do it in forty five. Fucking a, yeah, we got it." There's so, like two yeah, photos um, of seventy sixes in country too. It's pretty interesting. Yep. Yeah, they were there, but like not in big numbers. But yeah, they were. No. There. So but, okay. Yeah, Swedish Gate's great. That. Yep. Gustav 45. The same guy that made this made the Carl Gustav that you see earlier in the film. Yeah, which did that actually? Was that around in 61? I think it was actually, yeah. Well, we'll go That's down. The thing we'll, that we'll, fucking, we'll read all about it because they'll, the, they'll the probably. Gustav have it. makes you fucking deaf. But, um. Yeah, and the Rangers they, still use it. They love that thing. Did um, My buddy went deaf in Afghanistan because he had to use one. Yeah. Without plugs. Uh, Bayonet mounts on the know that, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I didn't know they had, yep. they had bayonets. If you look, I didn't know either, right and that's a number the, nine bayonet. So it's yeah. like, I don't know well, about what, that. But what what is a number nine? Is that like a British bayonet? Or it's a British it's, blade it's basically bayonet. just a blade instead of a spike. Okay. They're Korean a, War. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're like mid, like they're after World War II, before Korea, but like they use Right, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's yeah. like the, the other one too. Korean War the, bayonets that we have the flip, The one that had the big blade handle that the back flips up. And you feel like you <laughs> shoot through the hole. And Very then, yeah. Yep. They, they, and then they got rid of them because guys would hit the metal. <laughs> like it would, you know. And it would heat hole, up so much it would, it would fucking crack the bake light. Yeah. It's. Oh, I didn't know about it. But they did use those in Korea for a little bit. So. Yeah. Well, they had them. So, I think okay, those are based 49. off the German SG 42 bayonets, but that's another story. Matt 49s are awesome. Another great machine gun. Great submachine gun. Yep. I, I like to call it the murder box. It's a simple submachine gun that worked great, mm-hmm. and it was in so many conflicts. And yeah, oh yeah, the Franchi. What the fuck's an LF fifty seven? That thing. Yeah, that that was the one scene from the film. The guy's dead at the end. Well, no, there's a, shows a guy shooting it. There it is. Yeah, yeah, that's right yeah. here. Yeah. Oh, I just see. Oh, I saw there's there's one dude who's like murked at the end. I have no fucking clue what this is. I've never seen I, it before. You could buy one of these in Nazi's eyes. I saw it. I remember that the movie RoboCop? I remember that. I think they're Italian. Well, Franchi is. Oh, Italian it's Italian. Yeah. Hey, Mike A. It's oh, okay. Thumbarella? Oh, nice. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think that's that. It's um, the midget. This <laughs> yeah. Recall was 1990. It was, yeah. Wow. It was post-80s. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ghost of Mars. Oh, damn. That's a, that is a flashback. I could have sworn that was in uh, RoboCop. I guess not. Hmm. All right, so maybe go back. Maybe it's in it, but they like put it in there. all customized, yeah. yeah. This was cool. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're on the Spanish submachine yeah. gun. Yeah, yep. They're fucking lucky. Ugh. All right, Wake up, Brian. Wake up. Um, uh, so this is a Mark One. I. I actually don't know the differences. Like, like looking Mark at Ones it. have a roller coaster sight. Mark Twos have a ladder sight. There's also a lot of other differences, but that's the easiest way to tell. So, so this is a Mark One. Okay. One. Mm-hmm. It's got the same sight as a check. Yeah, the ZB-28. Oh, I could have oh. sworn... Oh, that's I interesting. 
He uses a Mark II when he does the shot, though. Uh, I could have because it's got a ladder sight. Sworn. But how many? But how many Brens did they multiple, have? They, they could multiple have multiple Brens, but yeah, it's just so, interesting. Yeah. yeah, they would. They would have yeah. used multiple uh, ones for the shot. But um, I could have sworn when he puts the round in, it has a dimple on the primer, like it's a round that was it. Let's see. It does. I yeah. saw that. Yeah. I don't think they. Oh, we can't they don't see. show it here. But yeah, if you go back to the scene, I could have sworn it did. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a dummy round. Of course, spent, it's gonna. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, they weren't on the set of Rust, so they were using actual dummy ammunition. So. <laughs> this is way before Rust, man. <laughs> I know, but still. <laughs> okay, so that's a Mark One, and then that's a Mark Two with the ladder set. Okay. Yep. Is the, does, the barrels they, are different has, too? Has anyone ever seen the sights? I've never seen a Mark Two in person. Is the is the that's peep totally sight? Is, no, no, no. I know. Is that bent forward? What do you mean? Because this sight's bent forward and twisted. You, you can, can see, see right by the here. way the sun comes no. off it on the the image. And yeah. same with this, I was wondering if it, it's meant to be. It's that. a little darker on the. I don't, I don't think it's meant peep. to. Yeah. I don't think. No. I okay. have no idea how you caught yeah. that. Well, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> you know what he's talking about. Welcome to my <laughs> world. <laughs> That's like me and my level of autism with uh, dad. <laughs> like just that. Like. Yeah. We like I to call it, it weaponized autism. Nate's an, yeah. uh, Nate's an editor. I'm no! Nate's an editor. I'm an artist. I details are our life. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just yeah, a fucking nobody. <laughs> <laughs> You're a detail nerd too. Who likes guns? Yeah, yeah no, it's just the, yeah, it's it's. I just don't know everything. That's the thing is like I'm like fucking weird. Oh, weird. This is what we've never seen before in a film ever is the M2 no. heavy barrel. There was one scene where like a guy shooting it and they're running in the battle and the guy oh. another guy has his hand on it as they're driving over shit. Oh, I know. <laughs> and I, I, oh, so I was gonna okay. address that. Thank you so this much for bringing shit, that up. This shit bothers me. Every time I saw this dude one-arming a pistol doing covering fire from 100 yards, come on. Like, I <laughs> Grab a fucking rifle shit. from one of the many dead militia guys. I hate guys. that shit. Also, he, uh, this, that, that fucking M2, that fucking M2 on that mount, on that small of a vehicle, would be rocking that son of a bitch. <laughs> the vehicle no, no, no. would be moving no. with every shot. no. No, I totally disagree. What would happen is, is that he'd lay on a burst, and by the fifth round, he'd fucking rip the undercarriage out. <laughs> okay, I, I was gonna say, are you disagreeing with me? But like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. I knew a guy that destroyed a mutt because he didn't mount it correctly to the fucking frame, and like five rounds in, the fucking floor came off. <laughs> dude, so, like that must have been a dude, hell of, a power of a the power of a fifty cal. It's so insane. insane. It's insane. It's like that. That literally, like I, I've said this probably before in a podcast, but I'll say it again. That is the only gun that gave me a literal hard on when I shot it in the military. <laughs> that fucking oh, yeah. gun. I've shot a Mark nineteen. That thing just scared the shit out of me. I'm like, when is this gonna cook off? This thing is so <laughs> weird. But like that fucking the the M two when you shoot that fucking thing with live rounds, that son of a bitch is. Oh God, it's it's so goddamn powerful. You're like, I'm handling this son of a bitch right now, and it's not killing me. I would definitely not want to be on the receiving end of this thing. But like, we would put it on a tripod as infantry. We put it on a tripod with sandbags if we had time, and we'd sit down, put our weight on the fucking tripod. You know, your, your two legs are on there with your flak vest and everything. Yep, and it would still it, it rises everything up, and it's like. This fucking gun has so much power that it never comes across in movies. Ever. I've never seen one. Ever. that does Because they're all blanks or they're just CGI or whatever. And it's like, that fucking gun is so powerful. It's a short... short no, it's, it's blowback. Um, it's, no, it, it's, it's direct blowback. 
The fucking yeah, okay. bolt on that son of a bitch weighs like probably 12, 13 pounds. And it's like, holy shit, could you take the bolt or the, the whole bolt block out rather? And the son of a bitch is like this big in my hands. It's like, Jesus. And then you take apart like the intricacies, you take apart the bolt and everything. And it's a closed bolt weapon. So it's like, it, it's just straight blowback because that round is so fucking powerful. And it's like, it, it's like a yeah. bigger 30 cal. Well, like, yeah, exactly. Well, you can't see a 30 cal barrel reciprocate because it's in a jacket, but a 50 cal you can. And that's why it's just like, just oh, watching dude, the barrel go back. Yeah, it, if you went, I mean, it goes back amazing. further, but like, it's so fucking you know. cool. So when the guy, when the guy had his no, hand on it, I was no, like, no, dude, no, dude, no. we, my, my God, Where's my wrist? Like, your hand would be gone because those things, even if they're not white hot, which we actually got, we did that once. Shh. Not going to say what unit I was in. Um, but we did this once. Well, you know, 50 years later, we, we tried to do accuracy testing and it was, the MOA was all off. I have Dude, no idea so why. We had these you know? fuckers so hot because we were trying to get everybody through the range so we could all go home or like home the barracks. Um, is like, we got these things so they, you could literally see the fucking rounds going through the barrel. It was that hot. They were flatlined, of course. Sorry, whoever had to deal with that fucking, you know, hand receipt and all that had to deal with all that. But we got that thing so fucking hot and it's like, it was literally, if you put water on there, water would just, as soon as it got within an inch of that fucking thing, it would be vaporized. And so if you're going to be shooting a 50 cal and you put even, you put 30 rounds through that fucking thing, that barrel is going to be so goddamn hot. They still issued us asbestos fucking gloves to touch it with because it's so, and like they were smoking, which I know it's probably not good for lung cancer, but huh, cancer awareness. Thank you. But um no, it's like you shoot thirty, you shoot twenty rounds through that fucking thing. It's gonna be it's gonna be so hot, your hand will fucking vaporize. So yeah, not realistic. Very quick side story. Um, I think Nate was mine, first. <laughs> oh, sorry, Nate. Oh, was he? Nate, I wasn't paying I attention. Hand, I'm looking sorry. at the fifty cal because okay. it gives me a fucking hard on. I'll, I'll, I'll semi. pass it to Brian immediately. Um, mine's a very small thing. There was um, uh, the beginning of the conversation was relevant. Now it's ancient history. Um. The there was at Reading Air Show, this must have been like 2012. There was a vehicle that uh, a guy, uh, uh, a certain generation owned, we all know who, uh, had a uh, had a 50 cal, a 30 cal, and a Thompson strapped to his Jeep. He had the 50 cal in the back on the mount. He had a 30 cal on the side mount, and then he had a yep. Thompson in a in like a scabbard. Yep. Yep, and yep. we called it the Death Star yeah. because That's, it was so fucking stupid. Is he, is he Dragon Man? <laughs> uh, yeah. That's Joe D. Giovanni, and he had the Death Star, which was the Jeep that had all the shit on it, and then he had the half track, was more machine. So guns. you actually know who I'm yeah, talking about? Talking, by who? We also called it the same things, but he the Death Star was the Jeep, and then it was the Star Destroyer was the half track. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah, but we called it yeah. the Death Star because we just thought that was fucking funny because it was oh, so it's a, yeah. a, a, a incredibly That's stupid my attack looking. vehicle. Yep. Yeah. So just very very quickly, my my buddy that just passed away, unfortunately, I was gonna have him on the podcast, my MI buddy, but he's not with us anymore. Um, he had a story from Afghanistan. Where long story short, he shot an RPD until destruction. They had to, and they put probably like two thousand rounds to this thing, and like you know as fast as it would shoot it. And as he describes the story. Like the, he wasn't the gunner. He was next to the gunner and he was trying to fumble with the drums and like get fucking shit together to keep the ammunition feeding. And finally, when they ran out of, of ammo, they threw it away 
And all of a sudden, they, he said it sounded like a fucking cat dying. I was like, yeah! And the fucking <laughs> chamber just shrunk. And, like, fucking, like, after the battle, everything they were able to examine it and stuff. And, like, literally, there was a dip in the chamber from the fucking the barrel just sagged and melted. Jesus. And, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, but it, he was just like, yeah, dude, it's like a fucking cat being stabbed. Like, it's just like, it was the worst noise I've ever heard in my life. So... But yeah, like you could push machine guns to the limit, and first they'll run away, and second they'll burn themselves out. Ronald, shut the fuck up! Fucking McDonald, fucking shit up! Oh fuck, shit! Did you, get, uh, I thought I was <laughs> no, on my we headphones. Got that. <laughs> I thought I muted that. Nope. <laughs> Speaking oh. of cats, I was just sitting here listening to <laughs> Brian, and then all of a sudden, Ronald, shut the fuck. Shut the fuck up! Now, okay, all my you bad. need to do is you need to guys make, need to make a character of a boomer named Ronald. It's gonna go by Ronald because he's a fucking asshole. Yeah. And Ronald then you can just play cool. that every time. Use that time. sound bite, yeah. He's sitting outside I, I of my meant... door meowing, and it's like, I, there's... I, I, Are you I, sure I'm that so was yours? Because like... it could be mine. You could no, 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 be no, no. It, mine. It's... Ronald doesn't meow, he, he does like a squawk because his voice is weird. Like a fucking emu that needs to be fucking <laughs> yeah. hunted to extinction? But fucking I'm rat so fucking used to just talking <laughs> to like, people just like on this, on my headphones, not on my... My decent mic, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, podcast. Oh, Chris, you hate emus, eh? Fuck yeah. <laughs> you want Mike? Get you yeah, a Lewis fucking, gun. Fucking, oh my god. I can see why those fuckers won that war. <laughs> uh, they're fucking... Mm, respect to the Australians and having to deal with those fucking bullshit. All right, long story short, my dad, being an entrepreneur... Love my dad. Also a boomer. No, he's like right... He's got boomer tendencies, but let's not... let's. Fuck it. You know what? I don't even care. Don't even want to <laughs> Anyways, so being an entrepreneur, he likes to buy and do stupid shit thinking it's going to be fucking making a millions. Oh, that's the boomerness. Yep. yep. Okay. I got it. All right. Um, fucking apparently Australia exported emus for a while. And so him and his infinite wisdom bought like four of the fuckers. And they had exchange students at this time. It was early spring and so they fucked off because school is over and they like took them on like a tour of the united states and just expected me to take care of everything when i came home from college and so like i'm driving the fucking forklift getting the goats and all that shit taken care of and i'm walking by the emu pen and i love dinosaurs these fuckers have the exact same sound as velociraptors and i ran so fucking fast because <laughs> i'm like nope Jurassic, I'm not, not fucking today, Jesus. Not your dinosaur bullshit's not killing me today. Uh, but they're vicious. They will, yeah. they will fucking peck at you while looking yep. you in the eye. I'm like, there's, I'm there's a, and this will be very quick. There's, there's, uh, there's a woman who like takes care no, of like, uh, rescued emus or, or something like that. And there's this one emu that's constantly trying to kill her because it doesn't like women. <laughs> and she's constantly, she's constantly like, she's constantly, she's like our age, I think. But she like turns around and she, she oh yeah, the emu's a boomer. Sorry, she has to have her phone out because she has to make sure. And the the emu's called Karen. She has to make sure the emu doesn't try to what? stomp her to death because it's trying to take her out. But the noises it makes, you're not joking when it says that. It, it's like a like it's like when the raptors jump on the kitchen, uh, like yeah, kitchen in, in, yeah. in Jurassic Park. It's like that. Like that. It's fucking creepy. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, okay. We're sorry. Not, we're getting back. Right, 1994. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 1919A4. 
You know, we've seen that. Yeah, and that's definitely historically accurate. That thing was used all over the world. It's still yeah. being used. Look at that. What a badass. That guy, that guy. That's literally ugh. copied from the fucking Africa Adio scene. Oh, really? Except he was Dude, doing it, he was, he literally clears a village with it. And like the There's a lot of scenes that I, I saw were copied from various things. <laughs> Band yep. of Brothers. Yeah, uh, dude, Saving Private yeah. Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. He's going to steal things because, fuck, dude, you can't get big booty bitches in here. It's not a music video. It's got to come up with something. <laughs> nice. Well, perhaps. When we were filming the music video for Mia Khalifa's Bring My Milkshake to the Yard. Yes, it was amazing. <laughs> we have to bring more of that essence into this movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was, that was cool. <laughs> yes, we have to, we need... We don't have the chance for tits, but we need more machine guns. <laughs> no, we gotta come up with like a tits versus machine gun ratio, and like the movie needs to be with two point seven three nine. Our algorithm has determined tits to MG. Shit, I'll I'll create this algorithm for us. Oh God, it's like that um, Jackie Brown. Oh, that you ever see Jeez. that fucking uh, Tarantino? Once, once. where like uh, Samuel L. Jackson's like a gun dealer. In the beginning, it's like these late '80s, early '90s, like you know, machine gun videos where it's like just chicks in the desert with like you know, scantily clad or like Uzis. I'm Tamia, and I love my AK. I remember that, yeah. <laughs> where it's like, uh, yeah, super '80s, like perm hair, like bikini ch chicks. Oh, yeah. dude, it's. It, I think it's a real video. Oh no, 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 that was a real video. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like so it's, it's just fucking. Did, did funny. anyone see the Dishka fire at all? I don't remember, but no. I did. In one is, that's a real dishka, though, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, that's not that's a prop, real. is it? If it's not, that's it looks really good. Real. Okay. Yeah, that looks real to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We've we've seen our now. fair share of not. Dishkas. That's why I ask. It yeah. Reminds me, it was funny on some of the um, ammo cans for the fifty cows and stuff. You could see the blank the stickers for blank organs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> They're just shooting yep, air yep, out yep, of it. Yep. They're not even killing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, how are people not incredibly anal retentive when it comes to shit like? Like, you'd be surprised. Would be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you would be, but like that's why I told you never make a fucking film. <laughs> For like or, do they or do you just get beat down so much you're like, fuck it. I don't know. Like, well, no, it's a lot of what you can resource and like what you can come up with and whatever, but it's like For with this, it's a Netflix film. They they probably had a decent budget. Like it's good to see a real dishka. Yeah. We've or, seen way yeah, worse. Yeah. The, be the on beast. Previous films. I think the beast is the worst. Yeah, with the with the electrical yeah, tape around. Yeah. <laughs> yep. For most film productions, eighty percent of the people working there, it's a job. Yep. And that's it. It's yeah, not a passion. Exactly. You know? It's like, oh, I don't do overtime. Yeah. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a camera guy or, or X Y Z. Like, you know, it just sounds it's like a job. not my fucking problem. <laughs> yeah. The ammo yeah. can. Where's the ammo can? We don't care if it's a 1990s Yugoslavian piece of shit that wasn't didn't exist in World War One, but we need well, the ammo can. So another thing to uh, really think about too, and like, I'm, when I say this, I mean films like from way long ago, like before the internet. It was kind of like, well, it looks right, so that's good enough. You know, that was usually yeah. the attitude. I saw this in a book. It looks close right, enough. Right, yeah. Like, it, it, no one's going to, because, again, the internet didn't exist unless you're, like, a guy who owns something like that. Who the hell is going to know? Do you happen to work right. at a university in the United States or the United Kingdom? Do you have access to the supercomputer? <laughs> <laughs> you are now on the internet. But, yeah, no, it was just, or they would have the military help out. Like, for example, like, when they did Porkchop Hill, it's, it's, they look really good, but they're late 1950s Marines. And they look different than early 1950s Marines. So, you know, there's a little bit of difference with the gear and stuff. But they're like, oh, the military's helping us, so they'll have all the correct gear. 
It's like, yeah, yeah soldiers, exactly. but not yep. for the time period you're trying to portray. So, but long story short, that's a real dish guy and it looks really cool. Yeah. A real, yeah. Uh, that's a real baby. Too. Yeah. My fucking baby. Good old Mag. This fucking thing, this is one of the best machine guns ever made, ever. I, I personally like them with a the wooden stock more, but that's just me. I know it yeah, but you can't do that because of uh, Seaburn, or it was NBC when I was in. Yep. NBC considerations. And it's like, I would have loved to have a Woodstock just for that the is, looks. Yeah. It's probably one of the I like the G1 with the Woodstock, but my favorite gun with just a Woodstock is Mag. The Mag 58. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. It's fucking. Just it's just such a fucking good machine gun, man. It's just, it's it's really simple. It's easy to maintain. I mean, it's a every machine gun's a bitch to clean and maintain, but like this thing is like good. I literally don't think I had one single malfunction. I probably put a couple million rounds through my 240 or a, a240 rather the time that I was in and never had a malfunction. It was fucking awesome. The only awesome. thing that's changed has been like a few add-ons for, you know, the stock obviously. Yeah, they got they've, things, they've got that, a heat shield on the that, top and yeah. That receiver section has not that riveted receiver has not changed since No, it has not. The you barrel, know. the barrel, like they put it, they put a heat shield on there, and they, uh, yeah. the the compensator changed. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And so, yeah, and and the tri- or the bipod rather. But anyway, yep. go ahead to the Vickers. I'm glad they put the Vickers in here because that thing was used so fucking long. It was in service for so many years. It's absolutely. Fucking I felt insane. so bad for the driver in that Jeep. Like the muzzle is right next to his head. Right there. <laughs> Look at that. That's. Okay. That's say goodbye to your fucking that's, hearing. That's what? a ten, that's a VA claim. That's that's tinnitus. That's ten percent. <laughs> we cannot find a link between your service and your tinnitus, yeah. sir. So these three M well, earplugs I, will work perfectly. My favorite. There's like a meme of like a paratrooper like fucking up, like his head hitting the ground like this, and it's like we have not found a link between your service history <laughs> and your injuries. Oh yeah. That, like that, would on video. that would hurt unless you got some nice cold water in there. I'm just saying. What's up, John Bass? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that, okay. That's another thing I was going to point out. That fucking thing, the, the amount that they fired that, I don't give a shit if it's water cool. That son of a bitch is going to be again, again, I, I, it Again, it, it seems to be the common theme I'm seeing is that the, 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 the real-life physics of things pull this movie down for me, thinking about it. Yes. Yeah. yes. It's like the props are good. I like the acting. Um, we didn't even talk about that, but it's like I like the acting. I like the props. I liked all that stuff. Yeah, not bad. But the but the but got real Irish actors, right? Yeah, but like and trust me, there's a lot of O'Malley's in the cast. Um, but the thing <laughs> is, it's like you know the the physics of it. Just it it's like oh well, that would burn the fuck out of your hands, or a fifty cal would rip through that oh. brick wall into your skull. Like that's why like that. you need you know. You need you need a lot of you know um, which what's what I'm calling for what word I'm looking for um, advisors, advisors yeah and the director has to has to listen to them and the director has to know some shit too you know well I'll talk a little bit right before we wrap up about um, what I was talking about earlier is the whole like rushing forward scene and mm-hmm. all that stuff and how I found out on one film that it was advised but the director chose to go a different route but let's go down to the mark two yep. That's a, that's a Mark II A1, but, like, it's fine. Um, oh, yeah, the M2, the 60 millimeters, yep. Yeah, they were cool. Probably the best mortar ever made, M260. It's very, very, very versatile. Besides a commando mortar and E-mortar, it's, like, the best small mortar. Right. 
That thing, that thing can do a lot of fucking damage, and it's not that hard to carry. No. Yes, I know. All you, all you fellow loving Charlies would be like, you never, ca- you never humped a fucking base plate. It's like, would you rather carry a fucking 60-millimeter base plate or an 81-millimeter base one, plate? Let's one thing ahead, I Mike. noticed that was kind of interesting, after they would fire a mortar, I think it might have been on this one, they would put the cover back put over the it. Cap, the cap back on. Yeah, 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 I've never seen that. That's a fire mission. I've never seen that before. That's a fire mission mm. thing. Um, it's well, they also did do a fire mission. They were just doing because they had they had such limited ammo. Yeah, but like, it's like that's, that's a round yeah. complete thing, though. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's why that's why they were doing that because they had they didn't have enough rounds to do a, like a proper fire mission. It's like so that just signifies that this tube is cleared. Mm-hmm. The, the, yeah, yeah, like Brian yeah. said, the, they're the not just going to be popping off and rounds like, left and right. Yeah. No, because they right. can't. They they don't have the fucking. They've got such limited. If they had like unlimited, they'd be doing. One, two, three, four. Right. Yeah, that, that is one thing. They, I think they Adjust did fire. nail down the mortar stuff, I think, pretty well. I can't remember the numbers no, the, he was the calling. The way they're holding it? But yeah. Like, there was no, like, there yeah. was, trust me. If you knew 14 town gap, you know when someone does it wrong. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like, it, it, it's it's very interesting to uh, to see how they did I can't remember the numbers he was calling. I think they were correct. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I oh, yeah, you're, either, you're a like, mortar yeah, guy. They were, I forgot um, about that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was it. Was he was looking through the yeah? It was even even these guys were doing it right. They were actually hanging the rounds right. God, that explosion um, though, when that round hits the first jeep and it's like napalm went off, and that's what set off. I see the like, fire no. spreading. Yeah, again, <laughs> physics. It, physics yeah. is the problem with this film. Well, that that's also like cinematography. You have to have fiery explosions, otherwise, you know, because people hey, don't you understand. Like tints like me, Bonnie. <laughs> you need that, right? I see fire. Yes. I'm like, you need seats and you know we, your asses need, and seats. But yeah, we need to show you wind talkers. In real life, if that me, was a direct hit with a mortar, yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Sorry, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. If that was a direct hit with a mortar in real life on that jeep, it would just be a things would look different, and there'd be a black plume of smoke, and that's it. I, I. This is my question to Chris. Chris, do you like wind talkers? Uh, that's Tom Cruise, right? Uh, Tom Nick Cruise. Cage. Uh, ah, it's been a hot minute. Oh, that's okay. a fun one. Yeah, that's, that's pyromaniac central, so. I mean, you know, the United States did open a power washing company in the 40s, so. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, that's it. All right, uh, cool. What was the thing you wanted to talk about, Mike, real quick? And then really quick, so about the, the thoughts. And then we'll, then we'll go into our final yeah. thoughts, and we'll wrap this bitch up. Um, so the whole charging forward, just kind of whatever, is probably more of a direction thing because in the film 1917, right, which we haven't done yet, I've done like a mini review on my channel, but like it, not anything like this. At the end, when they do this whole like massive charge, people are just sprinting as far as fast as they can forward. And he's like, you know, the whole famous scene from that. Um, there was a guy that was an extra that said that their advisor said they should, you know, he trained them how to be in like squads and platoons and like how they were going to be moving forward with their NCOs and the officers. And it just didn't go that way in the end. It was like, no, we got to make this cinema. Uh, um, cinema, Cin- cinematic, 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 cinematic. Jesus, yeah, stumbling on my own words. Uh, cinematic, and so we're gonna do it this way. Sam Mendes made that call, and that was the way they did it. Even though they were trained and they were advised a certain way, so that could have happened in this as well. It so happens. It happens a lot. Yep. So I've heard many cases so, of that. Yeah, too. just that. Yep. All right, Brian. You ready with your uh, very, very advanced, advanced computing skills? 
Remember our final what? scores? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What I'm are we doing set. again? I got the I got I got the computer that's gonna tell us uh, if the airstrike's gonna work this time. <laughs> <laughs> Which it fucking anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, cool. So who wants to start? Final thoughts. I think Chris, our guest. Well, Chris, oh. the guests are usually last because I don't understand the scoring well, system. But I'm they can also be game. biased. I'm changing. Okay, the you're game, changing the so. game. All right, Chris, it's All a one right. out of ten. And explain one out of ten. Explain what you liked, disliked, overall what we talked about, and ten then being I'll give you want to be locked in a room and watch this for the rest of the time. Cool. So it's not Guardians of the Galaxy. Got it. That's right. a one, uh, I guess. For your Ooh, no, ten. I would fucking. I watched that. Never mind. Oh, I got you. Anyways, digressing. Um, okay, so I'm going to do two different things. I'm going to do pre-score coming from here, coming here, and then now new score from being here. I oh, think, new thing. Excellent. Right? Uh, well, because you guys brought a whole new, like, paradigm shift for me and how to look at it versus just my, like, <laughs> innately, you know, youthful Perfect. fun. Uh, I think before, like, probably an eight order of nine, just, like, I liked it. It was fun. Like, it was action-y when it, you know, just kind of gr- involved, right? And, like, I would... YouTube thing or Wikipedia things while I was watching it, right? And kind of like learning the history of it, saw it was real, thought it was cool. I liked that that they had uh, like real Irish actors and it's not fucking, oh God, just, you know, some like. But hi, did hi, did Eastwood, hi. Right. Or Clint Eastwood trying to do the fucking Genghis Khan, right? Is it Clint Eastwood? Or That's that John, John Wayne, Wayne, dude. John Wayne. John Wayne, yeah. John Doesn't Wayne, matter. Yeah. Fucking never watched it. Sounded horrible. Whatever. Does not matter. Shittiness. Um, so I'd give it like an eight out of 10 on that scale. I think now with the new paradigm, like looking at it more of like, uh, from a lens, like your guys's, like from a cinematography lens, six and a half to seven, I'd say. I mean, so then, you know, like those things that you were talking about, like, uh, you know, we've discussed quite a bit about it trying to flirt between being a documentary and a action film and really didn't find its way in either and just kind of kept flopping back and forth between it. Um, the radio, like, now that we talked about that, Mike, you really made that clear in my head, like, the, the fuckery in the radio. Like, sure, maybe they did, and that's how everybody knows about their bullshit, but better opsec, dumbasses. Um, so, yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm at. So you gotta, get, you gotta give it a concrete, you can't say six through seven, you gotta give it a concrete. concrete. If you wanna give decimals, you can, that's yeah, you fine. you can go decimals, yeah. You okay. don't work for a, for a cable company. You got to give us an actual. Thing. <laughs> oh, he he can go decimals, but like, uh, sir, I work for the government. It will be between now and six to seven business months. All right. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> what exactly is a business month? <laughs> exactly. You forget that you forget that it happens, and so we don't have to do it. That's, nah. that's what business month is for me to know um, you to find out. Pre podcast eight. During podcast. 6.75. Very specific. Okay, cool. Decent. So, yeah. Who do you pass the talking pillow to? Who do you want to review next? Um, who's the bastard that put me on the spot right away? I don't know. <laughs> okay, cool, Brian. Way to volunteer yourself for that one. Eh, well, you know. Um, yeah, so this is the second time I've seen this film, and after I saw it the first time, I was like, this is awesome, it's very cool, you know, I loved it. It's like, I probably saw it in 2016, 2017. So, in the ensuing, I don't know, six years, uh, done a lot with film and movies, and this is the 52nd film we've reviewed on here, so we've kind of seen a lot of, I think we've seen more movies on here, just like the actual tally we've done than most people have seen in their lives, so like... Yeah, so it's interesting to come back to it with all that knowledge and stuff. And 
it was disappointing. I'm not going to lie. Like, it, it held a, a much... Uh, what's the right word? Like, it just... Nostalgic? I, yeah, well, not that. Like, I just respected it more, and I thought it was, like, on, on more realistic and, like, on all the aspects. But now coming back to it and watching it, it's like, oh, this is just bad filmmaking. Like, really good set designs, really good props. Like, a lot of money went into that, but why did you hire a fucking movie video director? Like, you know, you had all this going for you and then due to a few things, it just got fucked up. And that's a lot of films. Like, look at The Wicker Man, you know. Um, Please. <laughs> you also yeah. said movie video director. I'm, I'm assuming you said music, music video, video director. A music video <laughs> okay. director, yeah. A movie video okay. director don't... is a director, but... I, I know <laughs> what you meant, Brian. <laughs> But, yeah. It's all good. It's I have good. to. I have there's to. gonna be there's gonna be the pedantic Logan. fucks that are already typing yeah. that are going. It's fine. Arr, arr. I I might be really tired and whatever, but at least I'm not from Maryland. Look, you're not so hot in your eyes. All right, so you're not that tired. So no, I just can't pronounce C's apparently. <laughs> but um, yeah. So just taking everything into consideration and and stuff, uh, I would give it also a six point five. And if we're gonna have the a pre-score going into this, I was like solid eight point five eight. I'm like, yeah, if I remember it, it's pretty good. And mm-hmm. then now I'm just like, oh. My favorite thing prior from the film is the fact that they have the actually correct um, fighter plane that they used. It was a trainer that they modified for, for machine guns and stuff. And I looked it up, and it has that crazy V-tail and everything. And I'm like, yeah. that's fucking – that's cool. Like, that, that's a level of, like, off to see they really wanted to get right. They could have put any plane. They could have – usually they have Texans or whatever, you know, something. But they got the jet right. But everything else sucked. So 6.5. And that being said, I pass the talking pillow on to you, Michael. Um, yeah, as someone who had not seen this before, um, again, I came in and I was like, okay, I, I can already see, just from the poster, I'm like, this is going to be about a very specific true event that happened that nobody knows about. It's obscure. And uh, I don't know, I, I kind of could sense everything where it was going. Um, but it did have some stuff in it that I thought was cool. Like I said, I thought... I kind of liked some of the characters in it. I uh, I thought the the main guy was fine. Um, he was a he was a good good character. Um, I thought the uh, I guess he's maybe he's the protagonist the the um, the French mercenary. Uh, I thought that was kind of a cool character, and I kind of liked their little dynamic a little bit to where it's like they have respect for each other, but they they're thrown into this shitty you know scenario. But it's what they do. It's their job, so they have to do it. Um, that was kind of cool, but you know that's minor and you could do that kind of in any other movie um but uh overall i i I, yeah i just kind of saw i could see where a lot of things were going um at the end of the day i kind of wish it was about something else within the history of this in terms of a story and um other than that it was kind of by the by the book so uh i'm gonna give it a uh, 6.5 as well. Uh, I think that's what, that's what you gave it, Brian. Um, I see a theme. Yeah, yes. I'm going to give it that. Uh, it was all right. You know, again, it was about, okay, this is something I, this is something no one's ever made a movie about. All right, cool. You know, oh, look at all those, these different guns and everything. Um, but, uh, other than that, I was just kind of like, eh. So, with a 6.5, um, I will pass it on to Nate. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, like you guys have kind of said a lot of the stuff. I think the thing I'm going to say the most is that, you know, the, the, the props are really liked. The cinematography was okay. Um, but I can definitely see where the music video 
kind of framing comes from. The cinematographer, I think, is of not the same caliber, like not all music videos, but um, definitely lower budget esque type of TV to you know TV and movie stuff. And I think that's where I kind of have that 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 feeling of it being kind of lower budget. Um, but I think again, I think the thing that really speaks to me is that the the ignoring the ignoring of you know battle conditions and battle physics the more and more i watch it the more and more i'm like this is and i think i'd mentioned it with chris it's like this is skirting on like commando 80s era where it's like not really but but like if you look at it as a, as a physics lesson it, it's following the same action hero kind of thing and again this isn't a slight on the movie but it's something that i just i can't ignore and um, but I, but I really like it. I do like it. And I like the acting and I like the idea and I like the theme and I like the props and I like everything. I think the ratio to CG and practical was pretty good, but there was more CG that I'd like to see. And the shots that are like pure CG are like, you can tell it's pure CG. And so, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm nitpicking, but to be honest, I think it hovers around, like a, a seven for me like I can't give it a five because I, I I enjoy it I enjoy the thing I enjoy the subject I enjoy the props I enjoyed the acting I enjoyed the story but um but you know I, I did feel like it it lacked a lot of things um so yeah I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten screaming Mel Gibson's um so yeah not terrible not great but you know I I like it more than I hated it so um uh, might be yeah, you guys have already hit a lot of good points. Um, one thing that I did like about this and why my score is not going to be lower than what I was thinking is the human aspect of it. Um, there was a lot of good interaction, like, human-wise. Uh, the major was not a conceited prick. The, I guess, I don't know what the hell the rank is, the senior NCO, um, whatever the fuck that is, uh, the two bacon strips is what the Irish call them, bacon strips, um, with the uh, crown, or not the crown, the uh, whatever. Anyway, that guy played, played a very good senior NCO, and so did the other NCOs. That was good stuff. Um, the home life thing, it wasn't overdone. That was good stuff. Um, you know, at the beginning, it kind of showed it, you know, there were, it was humanity there. Uh, action scenes, yeah. Again, it's been said, but I'm going to say it again. It was a really, really cinematic and whatever. Weaponry, <clears throat> Pretty damn good. Very cool to see all these different weapons because that's what would have been there. And so that was really cool. And um, the uniforms, I don't know about the Irish uniforms at this point, so like I'm not going to comment on how accurate or inaccurate they were, but like they looked fine as somebody that doesn't know jack shit about that. The Mercs, they all had a bunch of shit on. There was one M81 Woodland blouse in there that I we didn't see that, and I don't want you to replay the movie. It's not worth the time. But um, just shit, little shit like that. But like you got a bunch of extras. What do you expect? Um, yeah, and the, just the cinematography in general was, it was okay, but it was like, again, not top notch. Um, it was entertaining for sure. It got its point across and it, it again, like keep saying all these things is like, it takes a subject that nobody knows about and people might just go and like actually research that and go, oh, this did happen. And yes, the UN did fuck these guys and it got, you know, they were pencil fucked by politicians because of egos and whatever. And so, yeah, cool. That's all I can ask for. And so, but with that, um, wasn't 
the greatest wasn't also, it's far from the worst. So I'm going to give it a six out of 10. Decent. So yeah, let's see if this uh, plane can actually hit something. <laughs> oh, I can't do math, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for watching this episode. Who would have guessed? <laughs> yeah. yeah, catch you guys next week. Nathan, speed this up. No. Uh, 6.55. So. Cool. Average. Yeah. Yep. It's a movie. Yep. I would recommend it. Yeah, I would too. It's interesting. Yeah. It's it's not like I would say don't fucking waste your time, but it, like. It's worth checking out. Yes. That's a good way to put That's a really good way to put it. I think the acting kind of sets it higher than it normally yeah. would. Mm-hmm. I, I, yep. I think the. I mean, they did get the, was it the, the dude above the general? Like, that actually is a well-known actor. And so it's not like just some Joe Schmoes, but like overall the acting is good, I would say. Yep. I would agree. Yeah. You know, it's, it's definitely a film worth watching. And um, yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, Chris. It was very interesting to learn what the call sign for the mega death laser is in space. So uh, if I ever hook that up on my police scanner, then I'll make sure to drive in a different direction. Nah, if uh, you ever pick it up on your police scanner, you're already dead. Just die happy, I guess. I'm, no, I'm going to put on some Credence, you know, and just fucking rock out. Yep. So uh, Ronald? Oh, shit, again. Sorry, Ronald's acting up, but yeah, sorry. Fuck you, Ronald! No worries. <laughs> He's right here looking at me, screeching. So, Ronald the B-Man. So, anyway... <laughs> thanks for joining us guys and uh we'll catch you next week and don't forget breathe squeeze kill and breathe again <laughs> yeah yeah ronald the boomer forgot about that all right thanks for joining us if you enjoyed this episode make sure to leave a rating otherwise mel gibson won't stop screaming if you like this content make sure to check out our facebook youtube and instagram pages If you want to directly support our work, make sure to check out our Patreon. All these links are in the description below. Until the next time, Scuttlebutt out. Uh, Cool. So Uh, everybody's ready? Uh, I'm ready. I'm I'm going to eventually have to get up. I forgot my fucking water, but let's just get started. I'll just say I have to take a piss. I'll just get my water when I take a piss. Go get your water. It's fine. You guys can't hear my fucking cat, can you? Yes, we can. Oh, I yeah, can, yeah. Oh, fucking A. <laughs> yeah. Vladimir, shut up! Go get the I'll, duct tape. Yep, yep. I'll be back in a minute. You motherfucker! <laughs>